Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rising from the Deep. Oh, just do Rising, dude. <laughs> Fuck that all up, Roman. When? All right, start over. And here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Rising from the Deep. Yeah, that's right. It's the Deep Share and Rising from the Ashes swap cast. I'm Dan Unaki Dan. I'm the homie Romy. What up? I'm Andy. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Just chilling and grilling, my 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 man. Doing yeah, it, yeah, man. How you just doing, Andy? A long... long time no see, man. Yeah, yeah. How you guys been? I've just been ending a long weekend out in the wilderness. Good times. Yeah, I've been um, coughing up a lung. Ugh. Oof, yeah. that's Terrible, disgusting. Man. How many Glad do you have? You better. Uh, I think two. Gross. I coughed one up and I put it back in. Oh, did how did you how did you how did you insert the lung back into your chest? Uh, t- from my anus. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to do it like Egyptian style, like through wow. the nose. Oh, and- through the nose. <laughs> yeah, I was just hoping you were going to come up with something a little bit, uh, a little bit more creative than your anus. Oh, sorry, I, I went South Park <laughs> on it. Huh? <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, um, this is uh, this is the best swap cast we ever did. I'm just gonna say it. I'm sorry. Sorry to all the other potters out there. Oh man, it was really uh, fun. I had yeah, a blast. I re-listened to it while I was like in the woods. Oh <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Awesome, man. Like on a lot of edibles out in the middle of the wilderness. Oh, really? Like, yeah, my friend and I went to a, like, we found a pagoda, a pagoda? Pagoda. Pagoda, A peace pagoda. Oh. And it was pretty wild. Just heading out in the woods? Yeah, out in like this no man's land town in Massachusetts. And it was pretty cool. And you could tell that the whole structure was built to be a spiral. The symbolism was all there, but the top of it looked like an electrical conductor or something, you know, Mm. but you wouldn't know that unless you were researching all the crazy stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Is all your family from Boston? Yeah, pretty much. We're like Massachusetts family for the most part. Yeah. Uh, actually went to a family reunion out in, uh, boston with my with my mom i think it was like in 2014 or something like that that's cool (laughs) yeah Yeah. and like pretty much all my family comes from that area new england yeah we went out to salem we went out to salem that was fun as fuck yeah uh, yeah we, we boston's weird man there's like the roads make no fucking sense. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the motherfuckers Nothing's out there gritted. think they're from California wearing flip flops and this fucking Atlantic chill fucking weather, man. I don't yeah, get it. Man. We're a state full, full of like weirdos wearing shorts and blizzards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the best thing, though, that I liked out there was uh, the delis. Oh, oh the yeah. Delis. Yeah. We got a lot of those. Yeah. They yeah some, a lot, there, lot of good food out here. Yeah, they suck around here. We have like subways and stupid shit. I want like yeah. real fucking like Italian delis that give you like, yeah. good shit. You know? Is that what you, know, you Roman? want, man? Is that what you want, dude? Yeah, I want that good wants. meat, man. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that for you and for me. 
and Andy also. I absolutely need that for Andy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Sandwiches. Uh, so let's get into that. Art. Our FTA news. Yeah, there you go. Whatever <laughs> happened to that sound thing that you had? That was dope. You should bring I, that shit back. I know. I will. Um, yeah. As a nomadic uh, potter, um, my setup is seemingly <laughs> different every time. So oh. um, I don't have my synthesizer today. I thought you um, just told me earlier that your setup is the same all the time. No, it is the same, but it's also different because the only thing that stays the same is it's always changing. Exactly. The flow state of the conscious collective, (laughs) the cosmos, blah, 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 blah. Motherfucker. Yes. I I shall. We we all will be at some point. Well, what you got for us today, Roman? Um, So I was going to talk about something interesting to humans out here on the West Coast. Um, it's one of these projects that's used for forest management. Um, and it's, uh, it's seemingly setting up a bunch of kindling all throughout the forest. It's called hack and squirt. Um, hack and squirt. Yes. Uh, yeah. it's a, it's a forest management, um, procedure. And, um, I, I, I just was reading some, some articles about the exact area that I lived in California and will be yet again soon. Um, and the Mendocino forest, uh, Ukiah and out on or Springs road. And what it is, is when they, they, they mainly do it on tan Oaks for the most part, as they say, because they do legally need to say they're doing it on invasive species. Um, but op, uh, I was going to say operation hack and squirt, but it's, a it's a procedure. Um, and they're encouraging people, even hunters to use hack and squirt. Um, and it's basically where they hack into a tree in X and then they fill it with herbicide and pesticide to kill the tree. And then it's left standing there and it's completely uh dead tree in the middle of, um, you know, the fire capital of the fucking country because putting dead trees in the forest that are already burning down more and more each year is a great forest management procedure, right? Because the last oh, thing yeah. we should be worried about is invasive species and then leaving them there like standing matchsticks. Um, so it's rather frustrating. And, um, and there's something else too. It says, when you have the heavy sap flow and sap rise, it can wash the herbicide right out of the cut. And it, and they're saying that as if it's a bad thing, as if the tree trying to protect itself yet again, because the, the sap uh, is like the blood of the tree. It's a life force of the tree. And what it's doing is it's, it's saying, oh, I have a wound. I have a cut. Let me wash it out. So they tell you the correct way to kill this tree. And, you know, there probably is some multi- multitude of reasons as to why the invasive species in these forests um, need to go. But I think really... Uh, it's it's adding to the problem of the forest fires more than it's taking away from. And, you know, it's just something, uh, it also has a hilarious name, uh, which I think is one of those, you know, one of those things that just kind of rub in our face. They're like, oh yeah, call it hack and squirt. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hippies. <laughs> uh, That's all I got though. Hack That's and all squirt. you got? Yeah, Google it. If you guys can find any... Um, 
like incriminating evidence or anything. All I'm finding is how to do it, what they do about it. And they're kind of just keep ramping it up. All of the all articles are online are like hack and squirt. Love it. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. It seems a little fishy to me. And I go with my intuition and I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. 100% of the time it works 60% of the time. So what you're saying is uh, <laughs> they're, they're trying to k- kill the invasive species, but what they're doing is killing the tree or making it more easily to catch fire? Or? Yeah, they just basically, instead of cutting it down because it's a not profitable tree, they can't make money on oak trees. They can't make money on tan oak trees. And so what they do is they they leave it there and they cut it, they cut the skin and they fill it with herbicide. And that basically is supposed to kill the tree um, because you're poisoning, you know, the, the cell. I mean, you can, you can imagine the tree basically um, as, as your arm and you yeah. have, um, you know, you, you have the, the skin, which is the bark. And then you have the inner cambrium layer level, which would be, um, muscle tissue. like your fascia. Yeah. Your fascia. Then you have your, uh, no, your outer cambrium and then your inner cambrium and then you have like the wood in the heart of the tree. And in between the cambrium levels of the bark is where you have the fluids that run through it. Um, okay. And, you know, like uh, like I, we talked about the history of gum when we did that episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was talking about chicle. And, well, that's kind of the same process. You know, down in Mesoamerica, they would okay. cut hashes in the trees and then the chicle sap would come. But they weren't filling it full of, you know, chemicals and, and so- herbicides. Is this the why? Is this why the centers of trees are burning, and not the outside? That that could be very likely as to why. Um, I think another reason for that is just to do if a tree is stand if a tree is standing and it's dead, but it's still standing, right? It, yeah. Like the inside of it is just so much. It kind of is drier and it has like this kind of funneling uh, effect, you know. And it's like a that, chimney. That's kind of interesting because people usually associate that with like directed energy weapons or something, right? The burning yeah. of the inside of the tree and not the outside burning. But but basically, with this, that means they're purposely or they're you know by this hack and squirt method, they're mm-hmm. actually killing the inside of the tree and making it more flammable. Absolutely, be why it's catching fire. Absolutely, looking like that. And you know, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's you know how I like I like to try to bring up things that can be you know small parts of activism. If you live in that certain area, or if you're concerned about it at all, you know, just raising awareness about it and talking about it, you know, because it's it's important, you know. (laughs) And like, I just don't really like. I understand a hundred. 100% 100% because I've worked in forest management stuff before for taking out invasive species around creeks for salmon health and wildlife health around that area. Um, and that could probably be a potential reason as to why they're they, or the excuse as to why they're doing it. But, you know, we haven't gone into it into deep effect yet because we haven't had our um, stretch of geoengineering uh interviews yet but they are coming up people we're going to have multiple geoengineering episodes coming at you um excellent and that is basically i think in my eyes you know the state of california um is getting a lot of money to have these fires and that's my opinion um and i think that you know the 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 forest land uh bureau uh, forest land management bureau whatever is you know they get they get the they get the government money so they get told what to do from a higher up, and then that's just basically how is it goes. This, 
is this the other BLM, the Bureau of Land Management? Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, no, I think that's it. I think Bureau of Land Management is just that. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. And then if you type up Bureau of Land Management or something or BLM, you get all the other stuff, you know? Yeah, BLM, <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole thing on the BLM, too. It's uh, They go don't deep. Don't be shy. Andy, don't be shy. Oh, I'm just listening for now. <laughs> well, that's it, though, boys. I mean, honestly, I just, right. you know, I wanted to get into that, just let people know, and then... Uh, I've been in, all like... Right. Basically, ever since we talked on the episode, I've been looking deeper and deeper into Box Saga, and it's just like blowing my mind. It's, <laughs> every 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 new thing I every new video I watch or whatever, I got to get the book. Yeah, because I'm sure that's going to be a little bit more patiently comprehensive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely need to read that because I'm fascinated now. I can't really research anything else. <laughs> it's like I have episodes coming up where I'm like, shit, I need to like do, you know, other things, but I'm like so stuck on this box saga thing, man. Yeah. What do you, uh, <sighs> you watch some of those Jim Chesner videos? Well, I, I actually went to the, the box info page and, okay. and like started at the very beginning but of course, the first video is Eeyore Bach talking mainly in his native language. So yeah, a lot. I of can't them understand are. that one. Yeah, but but yeah, watching the old one, the old ones with um, I believe his name is pronounced Michelle. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. Uh, Michelle Merle. Yeah, uh, Merle. I'm not sure, but yeah, his long videos, as bad as they are, like quality wise, because they're so old, the content is. It's you have to be patient with it, but oh my God, just it from the first beginning part of that saga slowly, but surely. And he ties in so many different parts of like our, our modern language, mm. which really just completely freaks me out when they go into the idea of, of, uh, clear sounds mm. versus all the other sounds and how the English language, like has far less clear sounds than root language and all that. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was talking to Yake the other day and uh, I was asking him like what he thought the nine realms were. And uh, he's told me that he thinks that they are sounds They ha- that the nine realms have to do with sounds. And uh, I thought that was pretty I interesting. Like uh, because he said that, that it has to, to do it has to do with the tree of life also, because the nine realms are attached to like the tree of life, and Holy so shit. yeah, uh, I could see that. Well, Kabbalah yeah. is all geometry, and the tree of life is all these different shapes, and yeah, I could see how that would all tie in together. And plus, like researching box saga, all I keep thinking about is is frequency. And how phonetics, it's like, you know, if a sound resonates, it resonates across the board. You know what I mean? Like, so the way that the words that they're talking about, how, like, let me phrase it like this to someone that thinks that this is spectacular only because they're making it up or something, they're met with linguists and 
people that know etymology that are completely baffled by what they're talking about. Like some of the videos on the site have people that are professional linguists that are reflecting on these stories that Michelle and the others were telling in those circles. And they're like, we, we don't, we can't make heads or tails of it. Like, and they're talking about what I was saying about the frequencies, how if a word sounds like a a word, then it is the same on that frequency level across the board in every language. And that's why we can kind of connect these languages across the board. It's Mm -hmm. really weird. I'm only scratching the surface of it. Um, It's like this box saga has me like unlearning things before (laughs) I'm diving deeper into it itself. It's it's just weird. If you watch the Jim Chesner video on YouTube about language, he shows you like a wheel and how the letters are arranged in a wheel. And then there's a pole in the middle. And then, um, he show he tell he goes through and tells you like what each sound makes, and then uh, he tells you about all the letters in the alphabet. And then actually, one of the questions I had for Yake too was, is since it's in a circle, is there a way to make geometrical shapes and actually spell out words by doing yeah. so? And uh, because of the whole like sacred geometry thing. I was really curious about if that's how they were able to put like codes into language and, and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I asked him, uh, is it the nine realms? If you think they were earthly places or if they're mystical places. And he said, I'm conflicted on that one. What I do know is that there are nine realms of sound in the sound system, nine clear sounds that builds up all the 29 sounds. That is the base for both the Swedish and the Finnish language. They say it's the nine realms of the Yggdrasil. And in the Finnish mythos, Yggdrasil is the world tree, the entire universe, in other words, the uni-verse. Although by sticking to the rule within the Bach saga that all celestial aspects is also embodied on the microcosm aspect, as above, so below, basically. Here on Earth, I think different realms of the Earth could have been named accordingly. This is my take on it. By looking into the names of the realms presented in the mainstream Norse myths, we can find some interesting clues. Niflheim, Muspelheim, Asgard, Midgard, Jotunheim, Vanaheim, Alfheim, Svartalheim, and Helheim. Heim is an old way of saying home. For example, Svartalheim renders black elf home, like home to something, like the home of the black elves, which is uh, super interesting. And then uh, I said in the Eddas, it talks about how Loki used to rule in Jotunheim. And Mm. I think that Jotunheim was possibly Israel. And then that kind of gets into what we were talking about here with Loki and Enki and it all being the same type of fucking shit. Yeah, man, you've you've cursed me with that one too. I've been <laughs> running with that and just thinking about Anki and Enlil and like the the red versus blue and because like that that concept um it permeates everything that two becoming one, that return to source or the the crescendo. I Terence McKenna always talked about it like a crescendo or you know, the singularity even mm-hmm. this idea that it's actually just the one 
you know, I think we, we, I went nuts and started talking about like Tyler Durden and fight club, yeah, yeah. but it really kind of did ring true connect, because, though. you know, you, cause they, the project mayhem people really did watch this one boss that was just a total schizophrenic lunatic acting as two people at the same time. And the two polar opposites somehow made this incredibly spiritual leader, you know, it was weird. Yeah. I, w- I wanted just to throw in real quick when you were talking about uh, shapes and sounds, mm-hmm. you know, um, because in resonance. So, you know, if the if the people of the old north were uh, using um, sound resonance, uh, like technology of, of sorts, mm-hmm. right? There's this one project I saw online a while ago where they would have a, a balloon hooked up to a speaker and then they would have like a little mirror on that and then they would shine a laser at it and then off of the off of the sound coming from the speaker the vibration coming from the speaker of whatever note they were playing it would cast onto the wall a shape of the note and so the sound would have that shape and so i'm just thinking i'm like i'm wondering you know because they were you know seemingly working with minerals and crystals and such and uh what have you if they were they had a way to reflect light off of some sort of sound reverberation and then they could come up with the shapes for the letters or the alphabets there. Yeah. That's pretty interesting too, because Odin was said to hang himself upside down from the world tree. And that's how he was able to see the runes. Well, it's interesting. You bring up Odin hanging upside down to see the runes and we're talking about light and reflecting light. And Mm -hmm. don't you like, the way we perceive light is upside down. Yeah. It has to be brought in and reflected back the right way up. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, I don't know. It could be nothing. Could be something. Yeah. That's, that's also another thing like to say that we actually live on the inside of the crust of the earth Mm. and not on the outside of the crust of the earth. And that the sun is actually in the center of, of the planet. And that right. we're on the inside, and that's why we have our eyes have to flip everything upside down. Yeah, Did you guys see that here. movie As Above, So Below? No, <laughs> that's a movie. Yeah, that, yeah, it was a pretty. It was a good movie. I thought. I mean, it's it was all about like, the catacombs, right? Dude, it new? was like one of the most legit cam footage horror movies that that's around. Really, I mean, there's only so many good ones of those, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought that one was pretty damn good. Um, I just saw it on a whim, but it turned out to be like really cryptic and really into like all this, you know, the symbolism, but just to spoil it. I mean, it's kind of an old movie. If you guys don't mind the end of it, just this being on the inside of the crust of the earth idea, the end of it, they are going down, but they have to push the open, the, like the door downward even further but they're trying to go further down into the earth to get out and once they (laughs) finally push it down into the earth away from them they can get out they climb up onto the street (laughs) so like they're going down into the earth to get away from the bad guys and suddenly once they get out it turns out that they were desperately trying to push a manhole up Mm. rather than down it's like the whole thing flipped on itself like oh that might be predictive programming (laughs) just getting us used to that idea who knows wow yeah i have to rewatch that movie because uh (laughs) i do not know yeah okay i've never even heard i didn't know it was a movie 
Okay, what is the Dendera light, y'all? Who knows about uh, the, Dendera the Dendera light bulb? Light bulb? Yeah, That's, what is uh, that? The, in Egypt, they had these big old light bulbs, and it had like a little snake filament inside of it. Okay. And uh, there, but they were huge. They weren't like tiny light bulbs that we have yeah, in our lights. They were. It's like it's like four or five feet long, six feet long. I don't know. It's big, man. A snake coming out of a lotus. Yeah, it's actually, and it's connected with a wire to a box with a baboon on it. A pseudo-historic misinterpretation, despite what the associated ancient text states, pseudo-historians propose that the reliefs depict electrical lights, such yeah. as Geisler tubes, <laughs> based on superficial similarities. Many walls and ceilings of the temple were cleaned, thus the current lack of soot mm-hmm. does yeah. not uh, indicate the use of electric light in ancient times. But I was talking to somebody who has been in the Pyramid of Giza before, and it was like, you know, things obviously aren't operating. It's like when you go into an old building and it's mm-hmm. like the electricity's been out forever. No one's been living there. It's creepy. It's all these things. But it seems like there had to have been more life in it before because they even went to the king. They went to the king's uh, viewing room, like where he would, you know, the meditate. Chamber. Yeah, the chamber. And so they were telling me it's just like, you know, they're. It's low on oxygen down there and the light. So probably using torches, right? Or or something. But um, I was just trying to quickly Google search a way to try to back up like that, you know, that ancient uh, technology had some sort of light to reflect off. Cause I'm very curious because they were all about sound resonance, you know, that this is this is, you know, myo Mesoamerican stuff. This is, you know, Egyptian and and seemingly Nordic roots. Yeah. Well, they had to know about resonance and sound because that's basically what language is made up of. You can't really make up language unless you understand that. Yeah. That's what's really weirding me out about the box saga. Like this story is so bizarre. Yeah. You know, the, the mythology itself, like, yeah. l- like we can let go of the phonetics that like match up perfectly and it's really compelling. That's what keeps us there looking at this box saga, because if it was just the mythology part of it, we'd be like, what the hell? A goat and a monkey <laughs> made man. And it's like, you lost me already, but thank God for these phonetics because it's keeping me in check here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, they all start with a weird you know, unbelievable thing and that no one really could have witnessed perhaps. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That's so. just, yeah. The story, the story, the, well, the, even- the introduction that you most feels that's crazy, huh? Mm. Yeah. But the way like, that the story is connected to the phonetics itself is kind of weird. It's like, this is our story. Shit. In, in the Maharabharata, <laughs> they talk about how they built a bridge and monkeys uh, helped them build the bridge over to the uh, other side. Uh, I forget what that is called. Adam's bridge, I think, or something like that. Oh. I think that's what it's called. Adam's bridge. Uh, How coincidental. That's well. That's what they call it now. It <laughs> had a different name uh, before. I forget the character's name in the Maharabharata though, that yeah, it was named too. after. Uh, but I think they call it Adam's bridge now. And they talked about how they built it and how they, had help from these hairy monkey people. Hmm. And it kind of reminded me of the wild man, uh, Enkidu. 
from the Sumerian tales also and how they, you know, uh, we talked about that in our Anunnaki episode where, you know, Hatshepsut Hat, or whatever, I can't say the name, damn it. Uh, Hatshepsut, <laughs> whatever, uh, seduced, seduced Enkidu and then brought him into the, the colony, I guess you could say, after she had sex with him for many days. Uh, but so it got me thinking about like the whole wild man aspect and the wild man people that lived kind of in the forests and stuff. And mm. I kind of started maybe associating that with maybe the North people who were the like nomads and they kind of lived in forest areas and shit like that. And I, I, I kind of associate more with them, like the building of like the hinges, like these uh, calendars, you they call them Adam's calendar or Stonehenge mm-hmm. or these dolmens and these uh and these uh circle type structures because I, I think they were probably filled with earth. They have like these big old dome style uh houses in, in Ireland and Scotland and stuff like that too. And uh even like all the mounds in America are kind of similar to that whole whole thing too. So I, I think maybe they use like kind of uh stone to give it structure and then used uh earth to fill it in and keep it warm inside and that they would live inside of them or or use them i guess a lot of them are they find burials of people underneath the mounds and especially in america and stuff and i think there's even some context to that in ireland and scotland but, yeah, uh, I would imagine there's also a lot of druidic connection from, you know, one place to the other cuz yeah, in Massachusetts well, and there's some a lot of stonework here that there's a lot of mystery around where it's, you know, who really built it and where it comes from. Yeah, that tower's there, right? Isn't the tower there in Boston? Maybe. There's that little round tower that uh they Maybe. say that it might have been built by Vikings. That came yeah, I to think America. I know. Yeah, I can't. I don't know which one off the top of my head, but there's a bunch of them. There's a lot of different areas. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. The, so, throughout all of New England, there's these stone walls that mm. are made in a style that is not congruent with any colonial style, or you know. So it's these things that uh, were supposedly right made just by uh, farmers and landowners. Uh, stacking them up and getting them out of the way and creating mm-hmm. property lines, but it's all BS when you look further into it. And there's people in the area, I should get one of the authors on that's that's written books about it because there's definitely something going on with the connection to the stone walls throughout New England and the there's structures. There's cave structures, there's dome structures mm-hmm. that line up with solstices and things like that. And there's rumors in those areas of you know scottish and irish folklore you know priests Uh druids things like that and we know that they were purged from that area at one point and that's when we all drink in america celebrate (laughs) saint patrick for getting rid of all the snakes out of Mm -hmm. ireland yeah (laughs) so getting rid of the pagans yeah that's what the, the snake symbology i think means to me is the pagans and then mm. the bird symbology to me means the Catholics or the Christians. 
And that's why you see them everywhere is because they're always fighting. And when everybody talks about the spiritual battle that is being held, I believe that's what that spiritual battle is. It's still the pagans and the Christians or the Catholics still fighting over uh, earth. Basically, it's the same Enki Enlil story all over. Mm. It just never fucking ends. Were the snakes supposed to be druids? It was. I thought. I thought that was when they came to. And the snakes are the druids, right? Which were, I guess, pagans. Okay. And the thing is, with like with with druids, like you can talk about, you know, these mystery schools. They were the same way. Mm -hmm. But of course, most people will just be like, "Yeah," but they were also supposedly extremely violent. And it's like, yeah, well, I don't know. We're taking the word of our own history books, aren't we? I I don't know. We also say that the Indians were savages. Right. So we they were all kill killing them. each other anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they said, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and, terrible. Uh, and and the, the Romans were too. It was a brutal thing. empire. Yeah, we say the same thing about Middle Eastern people, right? Uh, they're horrible, so it's okay we're to all saying not it right like now. them, you know. You know. No, I, I can't even go you know into this I mean? shit right now, dude. No, let's not, because, yeah, I'm literally no. hearing it I'm just all saying, the time. Like, like, it's proven without a doubt. That that whole area has been just war torn forever and ever. And it's like, but, all but right, that's what they do. More. They they demonize things so that way right. it makes it okay they in their beliefs. Yeah, so their... they can blow up the museums yes. and the books and everything. Yep. And yeah. So hey, we're at thirty five minutes. What's the deal? Let's go. <laughs> what do you mean? What's the deal? I got one thing to read, dog. Oh, you haven't gone yet. No, I haven't gone yet. Jeez, man. <laughs> what? You trying to get out of here already? Yeah, dude. All right, well, hold on. It's only going to be like 10 minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> Appreciate patience, Romy. Absolutely. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, so this is from uh, Zachariah Sitchin, book three, The Wars of Gods and Men. Uh, we, we talked about the Anunnaki and Enki and Enlil a, uh, a little bit, a lot of bit in this episode. So I just wanted to say... Uh, Get this uh, from Zachariah Sitchin and what he says in it. uh, See if it corroborates anything that we are saying. And so this is page uh, 125. And it says, while Ninurta was busy damming the mountains, flanking Mesopotamia and draining its plains, Enki returned to Africa to assess the damage the deluge had caused there. As it turned out, Enlil and his offspring ended up controlling all the high ground from the southeast, Elam, entrusted to Inanna and Ishtar. To the northwest, the Taurus Mountains in Asia Minor, given to Ishkar Adad, with the highland arching in between given to Ninurta in the south and Nenar Sin in the north. Enlil himself retained the central position overlooking the olden Eden. The landing place of the Cedar Mountain was put under command of Utu, Shamash. So I, I talk about Shamash sometimes, and Shamash means the sun. Shah, like Shaman, and uh, uh, there's other there's a lot of other words too that have this S H A or S H A M aspect to it, and it all means sun because Shamash was actually the sun god. Yeah, just I think like you got uh, into that sin. Sin and Nanar was the moon guard, moon god. Uh, where were Enki and his clan to go? As Enki surveyed Africa, it was evident to him that the Absu alone, the continent's southern part, was insufficient. 
So that's southern tip of Africa right there, right? That's the Absu. So mm-hmm. when we were wondering what the Absu was, Mesopotamia abundance was based on riverine cultivation, so it had to be in Africa. And he turned his attention, planning, and knowledge to the recovery of the Valley of the Nile. The Egyptians we have seen held that their great gods had come to Egypt from Ur, meaning the olden place. According to Manetho, the reign of Ptah over the lands of the Nile began 17,900 years before Menes, i.e. circa 21,000 B.C. 9,000 years later, Ptah handed over the Egyptian domain to his son Ra, but the later but the latter's reign was abruptly interrupted after a brief 1,000 years, i.e. circa 11,000 B.C. It was then by a reckoning that the deluge had occurred. So what do we talk about that happened at around 11,000 B.C. was the younger Dryas, right? Right. And yeah, I think the these books, impact. Uh, this book was written in, in like 1970-something. Yeah, I think so. Or late or early uh, 80s. 1985. Okay. Is the copyright in here. So this is the younger Dryas stuff is just stuff that they're trying to figure out right now. You know what I mean? So the yeah. fact that it's in Sumerian tablets and they're able to decipher it and put it at around 11,000 BC is very interesting to me. But they're saying that was the deluge. So, but. Well, the we know something would happened. probably cause the, yeah, like the heating of the planet would yeah. cause that deluge. This is but. the same thing that they say uh, destroyed Atlantis. The younger driest period is what destroyed Atlantis. So, I mean, the Bible starts with the great flood and people surviving something. Uh, so obviously maybe I always try to say like maybe the Noah people or were the survivors of Atlantis. Right, right. Uh, Manly so they, B. Hall thought that as well, kind of. Yeah. He thought that uh, the survive, those from whatever was called Atlantis or those areas mm-hmm. that were mostly seafaring already, yeah, um, uh, were showing up on the shores of all these other places to kind of help bring instruction mm-hmm. to restart those areas, mm-hmm. you know. So that's an interesting yeah. take because it and is the same symbolism everywhere. And that's kind of what, like, what the gods are, right? They're there to reestablish civilization again. Uh, well, that's, not, that's, that's the un- huh? that's the unfortunate part too. With right now, what you see happening, you know, with the uh, the kind of implement of this this forceful climate change, and you know, like the the actual man's manipulation of the weather, you know, and then playing these kind of like gods because they feel mm-hmm. the role to do that. Now it's just that kind of rung a bell talking about the driest period and. Mm-hmm. after your clip from Sitchin's book there. Yeah, yeah. And then it says, uh, then the Egyptians believe Ptah returned to Egypt to engage in great works of reclamation and to literally raise it from under the inundating waters. We find Sumerian texts that likewise attest that Enki went to the lands of Maluha, Ethiopia, and Nubia and Magan, Egypt, to make them habitable for man and beast. Hmm. It says, he proceeds to the land Malula. Inki, lord of the Absu, decrees its fate. Black land, 
May your trees be large trees. May they be the highland trees. May thrones fill your royal palaces. May your needs be large, or may your reeds be large reeds. May they be the highland reeds. May your bowls be large bowls. May they be the highland bowls. May your silver be as gold. May your copper be tin and bronze. May your people multiply. May your hero go forth as a bowl. These Sumerian records, linking Enki with the African lands of the Nile, assume a double significance. They corroborate the Egyptian tales with the Mesopotamian tales and link Sumerian gods, especially the Enki gods, with the gods of Egypt. For Ptah, we believe, was none other than Enki. So that's mm. one of the things that we talked about also. Yeah, and then after the lands were made habitable again, Enki divided the length of the African continent between his six sons. The southernmost domain was regarded to Nergal, great watcher, and his spouse, Irishkigal, to the north in the mining regions, Gibble, the one of fire, was installed having been taught by his father the secrets of metalworking. Ninagal, prince of the great waters, was his name implied, given the region of the great lakes and the headwaters of the Nile. Farther north, in the grazing plateau of the Sudan, the youngest son, the Muzi, son who is life, whose nickname was the herder, was given reign. The identity of yet another son is in dispute among the scholars. We shall offer our own solution later on, but there is no doubt who the sixth son is. Actually, Enki's firstborn and legal heir was Marduk, son of the pure mound, because one of his 50 epithets was Asar, which sounds so much like the Egyptian Asar, Osiris in Greek, some scholars have speculated that Marduk and Osiris were one and the same, but these epithets as all-powerful or awesome were applied to diverse deities, and Asar, meaning all-seeing, was also the epithet name of the Assyrian god Ashur. In fact, we find more similarities between the Babylonian Marduk and the Egyptian god Ra. The former was the son of Enki, the later of Ptah, the two, Enki Ptah, being, in our view, one and the same, whereas Osiris was the great-grandson of Ra, and thus of a much later generation than either Ra or Marduk. In fact, there is found in Sumerian texts scattered but persistent evidence supporting our belief that the god called Ra by the Egyptians and Marduk by the Mesopotamians was one and the same deity, thus a self laudatory hymn to Marduk tablet Ashur 4125 declares that one of his epithets was the god Imkergar-Ra, Ra, who beside the mountain land abides. Moreover, there is textual evidence that the Sumerians were aware of the deity's Egyptian name Ra. There were Sumerians whose personal names incorporated the divine name Ra, and tablets from the time of the Ur three dynasty mentioned Dengar Ra and his temple E Dengar Ra. Then, after the fall of that dynasty, when Marduk attained supremacy in his favored city Babylon, its Sumerian name Ka Dingur, Gateway of the Gods, was changed to Ka 
Dinger, Ra, Ra's gateway to the gods. Indeed, as we shall soon show, Marduk's rise to prominence began in Egypt, where its best-known monument, the Great Pyramid of Giza, had played a crucial role in this turbulent career. But the great god of Egypt, Marduk Ra, yearned to rule the whole earth and to do so from the olden navel of the earth in Mesopotamia. It was his ambition that led him to abdicate the divine throne of Egypt in favor of his children and grandchildren. Little did he know that this would lead to the two pyramid wars and his own near death. So that's uh, that's all I'm going to read of that. But you also see Ra in the name Ramses, too. That you right. see Ra all over the place in Egypt, and uh, I mean, uh, and Ptah and Ra, Ra Ptah, it mm-hmm. very well could have been his son. I think, and uh, when we were talking, we proclaimed that maybe Ra was actually just Enki, and in a way, it's his son or possibly grandson, so it is still part of him. It's kind of like the Trinity, how Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit are all one and the same even though they are different. And Marduk holding that pine cone, though, huh? with the harvest basket down there for that uh, pine pollen. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Harvesting that pine pollen, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird how... I, I I don't know how this really connects necessarily, but we're talking about these characters that lead to Enki and Osiris being Egyptian... Gobekli Tepe is supposed to be much older than these Egyptian gods, right? Or the Egyptian uh, mythology? I guess that's what they say. To me, that's I what think they say, everything. But who knows, right? Yeah, I think all these big giant monuments, uh, monstrous places, uh, were all kind of built around the same time period. It all they seems like be, they are right? all built around this ten thousand. BC time period, uh, give or take, you know, a hundred or a thousand years or so, but it seems like they're going everywhere and just building these things. So to say like Egypt was only built in 2,500 or 3000 BC kind of seems weird to me because it seems like they were building all these places a lot earlier than that. And they didn't really understand what to do anymore with it. So recent research has kind of stumbled upon the idea that the I don't remember what the local name for Gobekli Tepe is but mm. I guess part of it is Egyptian or something it, it basically loosely translates to the umbilicus of Osiris really which, and the odd thing is is that uh, Gobekli Tepe points directly on like some amazing angle directly towards the Osirian temple. Hmm. So that's, that's an interesting connection right there. <laughs> yeah. It's well, all I mean, kind of inter interconnected. There's also some um, point on uh, one of the pillars in Gobleki Tepe, you see the three birds with the three baskets. And also in Egypt, you see the baskets with the pine cone. Mm. And and they they thought they think all kinds of different thing about the baskets uh, oh, and yeah. the birds, but those birds are actually on the back of Moai statues, also. Really? 
Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know they were on the Mohai statues. Yeah, That's they're on, nuts. Um, if you look at the back. That's such a giveaway. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell are these the, doing here? Yeah. So far away, huh? Like, yeah, how the awesome. fuck did they even? Uh, no. I heard some really, really intense interpretation. We didn't even bring up handbags and pine cones on the episode. I'm no. surprised. Yeah. That's always like such a main theme. Everybody loves talking <laughs> about the handbags. I heard a really interesting interpretation of that. Because I heard it as interpreted like the handbag as kind of like a gift mm-hmm. where the pine cone represents the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. The knowledge. More than that, because we like the shape of the pineal gland just coincidentally happens mm-hmm. to be the pine cone, which represents a spiral and carry it from there. It's everywhere mm-hmm. in symbolism. So the idea that they were like, like giving gifts of like consciousness or perhaps other people have said giving distractions while controlling the mind. There's a lot of, I've heard a number of different interpretations yeah. of that. Uh, me and Roman Weird. came up with that too. Uh, he was talking about pine pollen and how to yeah, harvest heard, pine yeah. pollen and, and how you use a basket to like kind of knock it out of the tree and collect it. And perhaps they're using that to, intensify their pineal gland because one of the aspects of it was intensifying the pineal is that right Roman? yeah yeah basically like uh well pine pollen is a um, plethoric nutrient dense like it's it's um you know reproductive health uh like it just shoots up your levels of testosterone um another reason why they wanted to use it is because they're trying to procreate yeah fertility Mm -hmm. absolutely and everything i've been you know as i study more about you know uh drugs for like male reproductive or like optimization in the and and the reproductive stuff i it, it correlates with brain health so if you're, you know, if you can get hard from it, your brain's going to juice off from it as well. Um, in crude layman's terms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty wild that that's correlated and it seems to be a recurring thing that c- keeps popping up in yeah. science yeah, and tradition and box saga. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's connected because it's all the same fucking story. At one point it dwindles down into the mm-hmm. same linear story that's been fractalized and broken into many little snowflakes the the incest aspect and like the weird way that they created children in box saga (laughs) yeah um now it seems genuinely that like it's just this family that's revealing this family story It, it seems completely innocent in that regards but then there's this twinge in my head that goes, <laughs> did one of them go rogue and create our elite class or something? Mm-hmm. Because there's something about this incest. There's something about this very careful selection of child, you know, the mm-hmm. people that are, are able to create children. And then you get it. I mean, we don't have to, but we, we didn't in the episode, but you can get into all the, politicians these days and their weird mm-hmm. things with other with the children of uh, yeah. it doesn't look anything like him but it looks like his brother like all that kind of stuff yeah you, you can know, get into knows? like where's the world economic forum held oh yeah Sweden. that's true Helsinki. where's cern yeah, yeah. where's cern exactly yeah. no they're there's doing some weird rituals where's like the seed, the seed bank the banks 
the bank originates. Um, banks, offshore banking, it all has to do with that banking. area because yeah. oh yeah, so well, I thought you meant the, the seed bank. I thought you meant our seed bank of the whole planet, the Svalbard oh. seed bank. Yes, oh, that thing's no, that's what I mean. Norway, and, and, okay, and fucking yeah, yeah. Bill Gates owns that shit. Yeah. He's over there constantly <laughs> doing meetings. That motherfucker, and I'm telling you, he's the one trying to. Uh, but, you know, uh, they are successfully putting metal particles into the sky to reflect the sun, which is the mm-hmm. same things that apparently the Anunnaki were doing, harvesting yeah. minerals from here to shoot gold. back into their ionosphere. Yeah, they were getting gold to exactly. like create a, do- uh, uh, a dome so that they wouldn't uh, burn up, basically. Has mm. there ever been it like sounds a- oddly familiar. Doesn't it? Has there ever- Yeah. <laughs> Like, Maybe it's more it just, cyclical than linear than you think, Roman. It's in fractal, very Absolutely. fractal. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. it's the same, but it's not the same. I was just yeah. going to ask: Do you guys know of any good Hollywood movies that ever portrayed this Anunnaki. in that way, where like like a detective story or like someone investigating something, looking at all these clues and going, "It has to be this, this, and this," and then. The reveal is that, yes, in a way, it was these clues, but not at all in how the person was interpreting those clues. And I feel like that's what's happening Mm. to us. We have all these God stories, these big sci-fi stories from our ancient Uh past. But maybe what it really boils down to in some aspect is that the Satan is the system and it really could just be humans that were more advanced than others at the time. And, and yeah. all that, yeah. I, this box saga has got me going. Buzzing. Dude. Yeah, He's dude. buzzing. And it's getting all the points, man, especially like, I don't yeah. know if I told you this, but my, I had a really, really deep psychedelic experience years ago where I came out of it sounding like a crazy person telling all my friends that I found a secret hidden story inside of syntax, inside of language itself. And no one figures it out because it's across all of our languages. Yeah. And they were like, what is wrong with you? Like, and I just left it alone. I thought I was crazy too. And now you tell me about box saga <laughs> and it's just like, that's kind of what they're talking about. Yeah. And it's just, that's the nutso part. stuff. Oh man. And that's how oh. you can tie all of the mythos and ethos into it is through knowing the uh the phonetic uh, symbolism behind all the words. It's like oh, once you yeah. figure it out, you can really decode all of the, well, the ancient text. So wouldn't they be trying to keep box saga secret more than anything else then? If it's, it's almost like popular, a though. It's, it's not it's, it's not, not, not popular. Nineteen eighty four. Like how come none I of us know. are even talking about this at but all we right are. now? Fucking Greg Carlwood. Like he he, he put it, it out there. But people talk know, about it and then they just and then Throw it's it gone. To the side. And then it's gone. So what do yeah. we do? What's the opposite of just letting it go? You like another bring it episode. Up. Like yeah, what we've been saying. doing this whole yeah. podcast yeah, exactly. well, is is bringing right. out different parts of it and how it correlates to other different things that we're hearing about. Yeah. And you bring in the correlations, and then once you bring in the correlations, you can no longer dispute it. You can't. Then it becomes more it. factual. It, but we just. I mean, we it's gotta there. bond together, boys. We got to bond together. Also, I'd never even heard of the fucking Box Saga info site. Like, I have the book, but I'd yeah. never start seeing the site. Yeah. And I go here, and there's hun- there's like two hundred videos. It's crazy. Hundreds. They're all an hour and I, a half long. And I've never and even looked at the stuff on the Box Saga info stuff. I've seen some of the, like the audio recordings from 
Eeyore mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. but I've never listened to any no, of those. No, there's all, 200 videos, yeah. dude. All the, all the yeah. stuff that I've listened to has been on um, uh, on YouTube and Jim Chester mostly for the most part. And then the reading the book. Interestingly then, enough. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. And then just other podcasts that Jim Chester has been on. That's about right. It. And it was a handful. Like when I search for yeah. it, it's really just a handful. Maybe uh, like what I was four or five s- different podcasts. Six. Yeah. Maybe a couple of YouTube channels. But um, what I was going to say was uh, what was most compelling to me on the info site with all the videos, some of the videos, the most compelling part was watching all of them sitting around in a field naked together, talking to each other about how ill-informed the rest of like the modern world has become. And like, yeah. just so knowingly talking about it amongst themselves. It's kind of like that same effect where two conspiracy theorists are going back and forth, yeah. finishing each other's sentences and some normies sitting over here going, uh, guys, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like when they talk about it, like they just so casually say like, Hey, W what yeah. sound is that? That's not even a, sa- that's not a real sound. It's like, Oh my God. Well, a, a couple of things about that too is actually, uh, I believe I heard Jim Chester say that, uh, bar bar, meant uh naked uh if you went barbar that means you went naked and, yeah uh, apparently they would do like n- things naked a lot they didn't really wear clothes that much and uh that's, what Michelle that's where the word barbar uh barbarian is yes. a direct word that comes from the fact that these people were just naked and hairy and didn't give a fuck which also gets into the inky do thing and uh yes so the barbar is it's just the fact that they're naked and it makes me wonder too about tartar and tartarian oh. and what what does that mean you know barbarian tartarian and then also the word tan t-a-n uh you see like it in sultan and satan oh what mm-hmm. the fuck does tan mean tan has to have yeah. a meaning because when you look into the sumerian they break down everything into suffixes and pre-suffix and and core things and in two to three letters right and then they put a period between it those are like sil- different syllables and each right. of those different syllables has a different meaning so when you put the word together you can you can put the different meanings together and then you create a word and then that word means something. So like in Kidu and Eden, the E always designates God or Enki or Enlil. That's why they have the E. So you see right. all these places with the E, that means God's home, like the Iridu and um Yeah. And stuff like that. And and so And then you have Elohim and El yeah. and all that. And the Eden and yeah. uh uh, which is interesting now Sweden. i'm thinking e dan i keep thinking sweet dan yeah e dan because mm-hmm. of the danu yeah, yeah. like yes, all that yes, those yes, connections yes, too yeah mm-hmm. it's just and then what about tartaria what about tortoria tor means your heart friend right yeah your and heart this, friend this is this is supposedly this civilization that we all lost so barbar is naked barbar is naked and then tartar is your penis right maybe. your tortor Tor Tor. <laughs> your Thor. A little your, bit of a stretch. A little bit of a stretch. Your, your Thor's hammer is your penis. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. 
Right. That's it, what they it, say. Yeah, they do they do talk about that a number of times. And yeah. I would love to match up Box Saga with the tar- Tartary stuff because these are both emerging I right do. now. I do. I can do oh, it for there you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, let's, all right. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I actually we'll ran into the Tartaria ship because I was researching Box Saga and I was that's researching awesome. uh, the like the sons of Noah and the tribes of uh, Israel, the lost tribes. And hmm. that's how I got into the whole Tartaria thing. And then when I started researching into Tartaria, I started noticing some, the similarities and stuff. And I have a lot of stuff about how basically uh, Tartaria was just all made up of um, these tribes from Israel. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah, I vibe with that. I mean, I don't really remember us talking about that. And for that, I'm kind yeah. of pissed at you so oh well I, i've tried to been t- telling you a bunch of times that we need to do it episodes about this stuff but you just keep getting guests on and we never are able to talk about it yeah idiots like me keep coming on and just yeah, i know going all andy over the just place ruining man. it well, which is great because when i talk to people like andy and stuff you know i get to i get to like just spew this stuff out of me and uh and just now like I'm our, doing the same. <laughs> yeah, just like our Enki conversation and and Loki and all the connections between that and the Sumerian stuff that we bring up in this, it's it's interesting as fuck. And I've just been sitting on this shit in my head forever, but I need outlets to get it out, you know. And it's actually kind of hard just to like try to come up with it on my own. Uh, you need questions to bring it out. I, of yeah, you. I need I needed somebody that I can like uh, bounce it off of and. <laughs> understands what i'm saying because if they don't understand what i'm saying it, it it's all fucking lost anyway well that's what i tell everybody i'm like yeah like oh yeah check out check out the show rfta baby dan's the you know well-read uh historical research one i'm the uh the other one the, uh, You're the, the, hippie the, plant the, the, the hip the hippie plant guy with the metaphysical stuff yeah, the and, metaphysical uh, and the consciousness and you bring you bring all that aspect hell in, yeah man into it that, that's why the dynamic is great you know what i mean yeah definitely absolutely absolutely no i love I feel it like i wouldn't have I, it any I, other way i'm definitely uh, i lean that way because i i do a lot of research but my memory is garbage so my recall is is tough but when i have someone like you dan bringing up so many facts that you've you got right here it sends me to those places that i are yeah. you know what i mean it, yeah it can I know, that's why i like to read everything. books and in the intros and stuff too and articles uh, just to like kind of cooperate with the fuck I'm even saying or what we're talking about, uh, because well, it brings more, more of like a realness to it rather than just, uh, he's just making some shit up, you know? Well, speaking but, of which, um, I did want to clarify something from the episode before everybody listens to it. Okay. I do bring yeah. up us because we, we got into simulation for a while too. Yeah, we did. And we fun. don't have to go too deep into it in the intro, but I did mention a, 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 a scientist well, he wasn't a scientist. He's an economist, but his name is Nick Bostrom. And I couldn't think of his name during the episode, but right. he's making his rounds on all the bigger podcasts like Lex Friedman and Rogan. And, mm. you know, he he's in there talking about simulation theory. He's one of the champions of it. And I don't know if we really got into this in the episode or not. I think I might have brushed on how humanized we make it and how like we personalize what simulation theory means towards like what this kind of future that they're sending us towards this computerized Mm sci-fi, you know, thing. And I wanted to read what Nick Bostrom proposed 
about simulation theory because it 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 solidifies my thinking on this completely that it's just so personalized to this computer tech world that we already know which to assume the greater picture is being run by something so familiar to us is just childish to even assume mm-hmm. you know that's i i'd like to say that it's simulation theory but it's run by consciousness you know what i mean god is so the anyway, ancient artificial intelligence yeah exactly right so this is what he says i i just want to read this real quick the core of the simulation argument. The basic idea of this paper can be expressed roughly as follows. If there were a substantial chance that our civilization will ever get to the post-human stage and run many ancestor simulations, then how come you are not living in such a simulation? We shall develop this idea into a rigorous argument. Let us introduce the following notation. One, Fraction of all human level technological civilizations that survive to reach a post human stage, average number of ancestor simulations run by a post human civilization, average number of individuals that have lived in a civilization before it reaches a post human stage, the actual fraction of all observers with human type experiences that live in simulation. And it's absolutely ludicrous to me that. This is their big theory that future us are running backwards, you know, ancestor simulations. And that's, that's the depth of these people's minds that it's just more physicality, (laughs) just more people doing more Mm -hmm. people thought people stuff, (laughs) just bigger than us. You know? Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah. Well, they they make a lot. Yeah. They do that in a lot of movies like looper and stuff. You know, they have to go back because, you know, I, I mean, I can kind of fuck with it a little bit on the sense of like, oh, well, you know, after discovering time travel, right, and then needing to go warn people for this thing so then they can, you know, help, you know, that mm. that time period or their, their family that they know they can like help their family or their loved ones or something like that. But then again, you know, I it's like, yeah, you know, I, I mean – but when I when I picture that what you just described, I picture a ginormous, multi-dimensional kind of like, um, not just jumping through like you know the same exact realm that we're in here, but like actually like portal jumping. I, I it's really hard to actually uh, say <laughs> what I'm actually You're visualizing. We wouldn't but... jump. We wouldn't jump out of another Dell computer. No, it's, it's, and that's what I think, that's what I think the poles are. And that's what I think the, the electromagnetic ley lines and different volcanic hotspots where there's just so much of this energy that they are able to create these portals there and at least harness energy to, uh, to use for this type of technology to bounce back and forth. Mm. Um, and that's what I'm trying to work on right now, uh, is understanding why, that you know the nordic regions are held to these elitist uh prestigious uh you know uh standards and then you know places like hawaii that have mark zuckerberg owns property there besides the fact that it's tropical but you know he could own places like in a less known area like guam or you know somewhere else that's a small island he could buy an entire island but he decides to be and they decide to be in this in uh, hawaii which you know after having lived there for a few years I'm pretty sure there's some time jump portals there. Really? Um, 
But dude, it's I mean, there's just it's just heavy with the closer you get to active volcanoes. Yeah, it's it's raw earth and energy and that reacts so i mean yeah. we're conductors of that energy so it's it's just heavy you and know kinda, it's a lot of stuff kind of speaking about like energy and stuff like you know they say it takes a lot of energy to to like uh activate maybe a pyramid or a ufo or all these different things and uh maybe they were able to harness uh volcanic energy uh from the lava and stuff and and maybe that's why people see things coming out of volcanoes and shit sometimes did zap and there's also gods actually does volcanoes a good, good too spot of that. and stuff like that yeah yes and, and then on That's another Terranova, note Terranova. back to what you were yeah. talking about andy yeah. is uh it basically it's all uh what's going on in in the loki episodes on disney Dude, so that shit's yeah. We're gonna talk about it in the episode, but that was before I had watched it. So now yeah. it's funny that I'm doing the intro. We just got done with episode four, I believe. Okay, yeah, but yeah. My and my wife's having a hard time. She's like, really great. Every episode's about the end of the world because <laughs> she just leave oh, it to Disney it. for predictive programming. Right? Yeah, I leave mean that's right. what they're Disney doing. They're, second. they're jumping timelines and then ended up in the same timelines together, and then trying to figure out how to change the timeline into what? saving the planet. And then yeah. it takes Satan, the devil, the trickster god, he, all of himself is what is saving the fucking planet. Mm, I have to watch the show now. Fuck. <laughs> um, dude, you have to. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. The symbol. I'll watch it if you great. guys watch Fringe. Watch Fringe Loved as Fringe. your next show. However, you loved it? I did, but I will say I, this, and I will stand by this statement forever. I'll get it tattooed oh on me if I have to. The last season doesn't exist. No, it's absolutely trash, but the first two are amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, that was a great... Uh, network television show <laughs> for MK Ultra projects and like like you know revel revelry within like that that whole time period. Uh, holy shit! Revelry. The wild scientist that was always operating on psychoactive chemicals from episode to episode that exactly. they could never tie down had a mysterious past. Yeah, it was all very very. He was supposed to be an MK Ultra doctor. That was his. Oh, that was his thing. Absolutely, definitely, absolutely. <laughs> my man, my man. Yeah, so uh, let, let's finish this out right here. Hey, thanks for joining us on our intro today, Andy. That was uh, pretty fun. I mean, uh, I think we might actually have to do this all the time when we do swap passes <laughs> and fight people <laughs> onto the intro because it gets fun, a man. little bit more of a, like a deeper aspect to it. You know, when you have the person that you also swap casted on come on and talk to you about the episode and you share more ideas it makes for a great intro and then we can kind of correct ourselves or bring up some other things that kind of correspond to what we were talking about in the show. And, uh, it just gives it that much more depth and beautiful goodness as Roman would say. So uh, (laughs) any last words for, from you guys? Oh man, just keep digging everybody. Keep digging. My Instagram was hacked. Uh, uh, if you got hit up for fucking cryptocurrency in your uh and your and <laughs> your WhatsApp information, do not give it to them. They will say words like "nabra" and uh things that make you think that they are your friends, but they are not. Uh, and it's not me. It's a computer or it's somebody real who really fucking sucks and locks me out of my shit. So, um, just letting letting anyone who follows me know that to please don't give them your information. All right. Well, with that. It's time to rise up, motherfuckers.
Here we go. Welcome to the Swapcast. Wake up. Wake up. Let's get deep. Uh, oh, it doesn't really show up on my camera, though. No, I see it, though. The blue to green. Oh, right there. Oh. oh. Just do that as you're about to get deep in. <laughs> this, I feel like I'd be good at, like, a, like a tonight. <laughs> you know, yeah, on Roman, our double feature. Yeah, Roman likes to get into that Aeon Bite voice, too. Welcome to the deep share on tonight inside of your brain. <laughs> we're going deep. <laughs> Ugh. And we're sharing, <laughs> penetrating the walls of your pineal. When uh, I was in high school, uh, my friend and I used to literally do that voice all the time, making fun of one of our headmasters because he sounded just like that. He was, oh yeah, you got to button that top button up there, son. And it was just like he should do movie trailers. Ah, yeah, whatever just happened old, to that job? Fart. Oh man, I don't know. It was just like three dudes. Now pr- probably people just like deep fake it. <laughs> Yeah, deep fake. <laughs> Do you think that makes you like the brightest one in the room, or what? I just like that what? you can see the smoke now. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's, it's my freaking sweet smells, man. Right. I gotta have my. Right. I gotta have my. Uh, my All right, look, I'm drinking some fluoride energy drink, Roman. Oh God. Oh jeez. We uh, <laughs> we just went. Um, you know, in the, in the beginning of the show, I, I usually will do like a plant medicine uh, in our new segment, and mm-hmm. it's just the ne- I, I cannot ignore all of the terrible information and misinformation about fluoride. You know, and it's it's sad. People know fluoride is bad, but it just constantly still it doesn't change in our system. So we just got to keep people similar to everything else, like. A lot of people just go, oh, my God, that that's so horrible about so many things. And then go, anyway, I'm going to zone back out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I, you I know, feel like. I oh, what? Let me yeah. tell I, let, Tell me what you feel. Tell me what you feel. Well, about about the fluoride. But no, about whatever you were about to say. I feel like. I feel that fluoride can't can't stop us you know what i mean like i i know i know it's a problem Mm -hmm. i get it i totally Mm -hmm. get it i agree i have non-fluoride toothpaste in my house you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i Mm -hmm. don't you know i try to drink filtered water whatever that means we buy it from the evil supermarket and walmart and shit so who knows all these big brands selling us all these i mean how how would that be any different right so who knows i mean it's all out to get us right just whatever angle i I 100 percent understand so let me Mm -hmm. just say this okay in order to roman and or if we are to really like hunker down and you know we're running into a time where it's like are we going to actually stand up for things that we know are wrong or are we going to just continue to talk about it and we (laughs) do the things of actually you know, we're on podcasts, so we're at least we're talking about things on a public platform to get things out. That's actually yeah. a, a form of doing something. But what I mean yeah. is um, to not spend, like if we did the thing, I know you guys have probably talked about this before with your friends or something, but if everybody just didn't spend money for one day, the system would collapse. Right. Well, when the fuck are we going to take that one day off from not spending any money? Because it doesn't seem that damn difficult to do. You know, like yeah. when are we going to take these very small actions? It's like, I feel like through the, through all these weird psyops and ends and frayed edges of things that have been, you know, coming down through the many facets of control over the time, it's just been 
they've been breaking down our spine. So we've gotten to the point where we're just slugs and we have no fucking spine. And that's, that's the main issue is just like, we could change things, but like, just nobody fucking wants to and or is going to, but we can kind of talk about it or get scolded to mm-hmm. not talking about it. Yeah. Um, Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree completely too. And I'm on kind of like a different thread lately. That's also equally as depressing. Um, not to veer off, but just let's do it. <laughs> it's like, I think about off grid and, you know, trying to get as far away from all these systems as you know, and everything. But when it really comes down to it, how far off grid can literally any of us on this entire planet get, I mean, okay, maybe sometimes there's some cool cases where you're rich and you get a boat and you get the fuck out of Dodge and you just, but I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm going to be like buying some land up North. That's like way out in the middle of nowhere, man. They're never going to get me. Like what, what are we, we're all paying property tax. What's off grid. Like yeah, it's an yeah. illusion yeah. and it's starting to be really terrifying. Like, are you kidding me? The DIY movement was fucking co-opted too. Oh, I to like, yeah, kind of like hold us there. So like, funny. yeah, this is your answer. This is fine. Just learn how to make knickknacks and do that. You'll be fine. Start your own business. Right. I don't go, know to home, go to home. Go to home. I know this is really depressing. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's, it seems like just about, I mean, damn near anything is, uh, is, is, is co-opted, sub-opted, sci-opted, sub subside and all these fucking subsided psyoped and co-opted crafted for the fucking the curation of, <laughs> of just the complete fuckery of the capitalistic bullshit test tube fuckery. fuckery that we live in oy, oy, oy. Well, let's talk about some oy. let's talk about some other shit you know, <clears throat> let's talk about some like intense happy we are shit yeah. recording yeah. by the way Oh, oh yeah. All right. I wanted to hit you guys up. Oh, about, five minutes deep too. Sweet. I wanted to I'm hit you guys up about the, the fluoride thing because that kind of gets into something that I wanted to talk about a little bit because I've been watching uh, this show on TV. It was on TBS. It was called People of Earth. And it's this funny show. I love that show. show. I it's loved so it. so funny. Never it got canceled. It. Yeah. It has a fucking a Nordic alien, a gray alien. <laughs> And then reptilian. a bunch of reptilian aliens. <laughs> and it focuses around this group of people who are like going to like a anonymous type group meeting for people that have been abducted or think they have been abducted. And what's interesting about that is when you guys were talking about the pineal gland, you know, the calcification from the fluoride and everything that we all talk about is that does happen. Pineal gland secretes DMT. So is it possible that, I mean, we have all these receptors. We've talked about the cannabinoid receptors in our body. We've talked about the DMT ones and all these other things, dopamine and everything. Sugar. Yeah. So, I mean, are people having hallucinations with aliens because maybe they're, their pineal gland is cracking or there's it's secreting more DMT than usual. Usually in stressful situations, your brain will actually secrete this. A a lot of people that have near death experiences, uh, this happens to them and, and because they're, they're going through a traumatic experience. And so they automatically secrete the DMT in the brain. 
Well, so, depending, depending on their lifestyle, if they're not getting enough sleep or like if they're like just malnourished or something that they're dealing with, yeah, with heights, levels of stress like that, I, I, I could fuck with that. I could agree with, you know, like be like, yo, like they probably are hallucinating, uh, may or may not be seeing interdimensional beings. Well, because a lot of people describe, a lot of people describe their, their visions as the same as like when they do mushrooms or DMT anyways, like they're very similar. These, you get these wood elves or machine elves and you get like these, uh, geometric patterns and all, it, it seems like it's cross, uh, I don't know how to say like cross platform, like all these different scenarios have the same illusion that's weird to mm. me like if, yeah. if you're having the same illusion then there's something to the illusion like why are we seeing that are we just lifting the veil and that's shit that's already there yeah or mm. or are we just having this hallucination because this is put into us from you know our television and music and everything else society and media etc I'm going to hit it slightly logical, slightly spiritual. Okay. Electromagnetic waveforms that are created within our body and our brain and within the planet. Everything has a resonance on an electromagnetic field, right? So um, that meaning like when I close my eyes and I, I see shapes or if I'm doing like, you know, a nice flow um, or if I'm doing some breathing or, or meditation and I start to see like the the shapes are just like lines and layers and and like light hues of color and what have you just in like basic you know meditation and stuff like that i think that's almost like you are kind of seeing the 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 um the electrical patterns that are out there like the the different um the stacking of that you know the the resonance of that and yeah. uh, and i think we're able to tap into that because our brains are you know, our mind, our consciousness is seemingly like this exact same as the universe or some shit, you know, the collective consciousness. So I got two things like first about the aliens, uh, to me, it always, I, I, I always hearing the hallucination, uh, idea was so bizarre to me at first because my only experience, uh, firsthand was seeing like possible UFOs, like way far away, you know, like that, so that's not at all like a psychedelic experience, right. but then of course you have the machine elf stuff and this and that, but I feel like those stories, those very psychedelic alien tales are so vastly different than the like mm. gray alien, the reptilian store. Like those stories are so maybe that stuff is more psyopy. I don't know. You know, maybe because I mean, you look at the idea of grays being uh, automatons of some sort, you know, of like maybe uh, clones of some kind, mm -hmm. or who knows wh what. But um, it does feel a little different than the more psychedelic stuff, which has always led me towards like the interdimensional idea of aliens, or some sort of. I don't know. I, I will go down the rabbit hole on that, but just real quick on on what you were saying about the. Uh, seeing the the patterns and everything yeah that really resonated with me because i when i experienced that i always it's like i realized oh my god this has been here all along like and i've been this doesn't this look this all looks familiar 
Like I've been seeing it all along and I've just been ignoring it because it's like, as Aldous Huxley called it, like the, uh, the reducing valve of the brain to put you into that normal, like societal, uh, survival kind of mode you can't be focused on the you know enormity of infinity right so we just our our brains just reduce down so we just phase all of that stuff out but in that experience it was so obvious that it was just everything how it was it was like all these patterns and like everything was flowing towards wherever it was going next almost right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you start i started to realize that that same thing was happening inside of my head. And then eventually further down the line, that's where like body dissolution came into it and stuff like that, where it was all just flowing, you know? And so when I think about the alien situation that we have going on in the public eye with like the government and everything involved and suddenly really getting ready to tell us all the truth and stuff and rolling stuff out. It's all friendly and yeah, gross, disgusting. You know, it's all, don't even look at it. They're forming their own coalitions against each other to keep people entertained. Yeah, It's already bread and circus over there. They're doomed. UFO Twitter is fucked. It's all doomed. But, um, there's something much bigger going on with whatever the phenomenon actually is, in my opinion. And I feel like it would undo our entire experience. And I think that's where there is a little bit of credence to the more surfacey level idea of, oh, they're not telling us because it would collapse society. And we all think, well, we know what aliens are. We're not going to get freaked out because we've seen Independence Day. <laughs> so, yeah, that's because this ain't what it's about at all. I think it's all about what's going on consciously. And subconsciously, especially, I mean, the idea, the ancient idea of other comes into the, comes into play big time with our consciousness. And like, what are we interacting with? What is this very weird psychic connected idea of aliens? Like this other, it's just, I don't know. That's, that's where my mind goes with it at this stage in the game. Do you, do you believe aliens exist? Yeah, but I don't think we understand what it means. I really don't. I really, I maybe I'm out on an island on my own, but Cosmic I have a hard or time. Dimensional. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not like I don't subscribe to flat Earth, but I do believe that some of those guys accidentally reveal a shitload of like what's going on with the cover up. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I don't believe NASA for a second. Like, stuff is definitely bad in that arena i've been digging into recently again because yet once we start slipping down all of these rabbit holes you fucking um you you forget about these things you were looking at years ago and then they come back to you right so the mk ultra project montauk philadelphia experiment darpa that whole period time that time period of things slipped my mind of research for a while, you know, because we've been digging on such older history of things that I forgot about, you know, the, the period after, you know, World War II where Operation Paperclip, uh, people come in and they create all of the uh, alphabet um, regulatory services that basically have construed everything and being the uh, middlemen of uh, maintaining the new world order um, creation agenda plan, what have you, to be what it is today, right? Um, uh, and fucking it's crazy because, you know, these projects, MK ultra existed. Okay. 
and Project Montauk existed. And if these stories are even slightly true about the crazy next level era of physics that they were working on that would never be leaked out to the public. And if they did, those motherfuckers got popped so quick or put in the loony bin faster than, you know, a Hail Mary on a Super Bowl or some bullshit term like that. But um, it's like, <laughs> I I think that there really was a space, a, a rip in the space-time continuum or the fabric of the interdimension. And that's when the entity or, you know, like being able to control electromagnetic. So Tesla, Rife, taken out because of their understanding of physics and their patents and creations were um, they were talking to other entities. Nikola mm-hmm. Tesla came out and was known about saying he had spoken with other entities. He didn't know how to interpret what he was hearing from them, but he knew that he was able to break the void and get information from another side. So that was swooped up real quick, all at the very convenient timing of the world wars. Um, you know, and so the Nazis having a hold of that information, um, basically, I don't know, like, I just feel like we definitely got this point where we just went really hard on physics and we ripped something open. And that's where that like dark energy that people talk about came from was really from those projects in that time, you know, and uh, I, I don't, it, that's that really brings up a lot because it, rem- it <laughs> makes makes me think of Jack Parsons and and uh, yeah and all that Crowley. whole situation and JPL and NASA following right afterwards yeah oh, but it, <laughs> but that's that shit though that's that shit <clears throat> but check this out check this out so what I really love to talk about is the mimicry that they lay upon everything in life. Like that's the creepy part. Cause you can really go down that rabbit hole and you come out the other side going, okay, the strings are being pulled, but it's coming from a wall. Like, and the strings are going past the, like a horror movie where you see the footsteps just go to the wall. You're like, <gasps> it's like, yeah, it feels it, like at some point it's like, okay, it's either project looking glass or this is being run from outside of physical reality. Oh, looking glass. Because, so I know I'm that. going a little crazy here, but I love it. I love just it. Just hear me out here. This idea that you're talking about with Tesla and, and, you know, I'll bring in JPL and all these crazy things that they were doing. It, it kind of fits in with what I've been thinking about with how like, there's and you know crow triple seven he's been talking about he's been saying this too and i was just like cheering in my car listening to crow say this like what we can already do naturally they have literally forever tried to man make and yes. including this rip to the other side the the physics the new fi- all of it is as if if my understanding is kind of correct with like the collective idea about this is that we can do all these things without technology. And that's why we look Mm -hmm. back at the past and go, they were, they were primitive and we we swallow it as a, as a population, you know, instead of looking at it. Natural versus synthetic uh, type of thing, because even our medicines uh, we can use just from plants. That's like what we talk about on the show big time. You know, but everything that they use as a drug is just a, a synthetic version of something that comes from a plant already. So that way they can patent it and market market it and sell it to you. So all these things we, we have at our fingertips to use already, the, the whole electrosphere that we live in, 
we can tap into everything that way. We, there's electricity all around us. All we are is waveforms having an experience. We just uh, lost vision. the education. We lost the education. That's what I was getting to with the pineal gland. That's what I was getting to with the pineal gland. Is that is your your delusional? Your that's what it allows you to have the illusion that you're having. You really see everything in waveforms, but that gland in your head, the pineal one, is what is allowing you to see everything in this 3D reality. And when you think of the mimicry that you're talking about. You could think of that as like simulation, like it's the simulation. Everything is mimicked. It's the like demi Computers, from computers. Narcissism. Yeah, when you look at computers and you have like, you have pyramid structures that resemble circuits and you have all this other stuff that everything resembles computers. We're like, like we're stuck into like a uh, electrical mainframe. I mean, yeah, when uh, you see conspiracies come out in the mainstream, like a year later, we all, I mean, there's, there's definitely legitimacy to going down the magical route and learning about revelation of the method and all that, that this is supposed to be exposed. We can go down there, but you can also go down and go, well, computer AI, it's like when in a video game, you like say your line and the AI like glitches and takes a while to say his line, like they're constantly putting out what they think we want like you can learn about that through spirituality and and like if you get in touch with your subconscious you like the subconscious knows no difference between positive and negative it just gives whatever you give focus to and as a culture we mm-hmm. just give focus to certain things yeah. and they mimic it back yes. at us all the time so in a simulation sense it's really fucking creepy but what bothers me about simulation and actually I'm actually writing like a freak out, I guess you could call it blog. I'm going to start a blog along with the podcast because I just need to get more of my thoughts out. But the simulation theory itself, the title itself to me is a psyop because again, it's putting the emphasis on this computer idea. You could talk to, uh, what's his name? Uh, His name escapes me right now. He's a European guy. He's an economist, but he's talking about simulation theory and and everyone's framing him to be this. Musk? No, it's not Musk. It's um, yeah, he's got a heavy accent Musk too. Does. Yeah, Musk. Does I can't remember. Bit, yeah. Not Musk. Musk. It's not Musk, yeah. but Musk. But it's someone else. I can't remember his name off the top. When, of my when head, you but... think about like we're talking about, uh, you know, these things existed before naturally, and now we're creating some synthetically. Yeah, you and could, look at the future when, we're heading towards. When you look at religion yeah, and you look at something. God, God is basically just ancient artificial intelligence, because or whether it or not it exists, same thing. We make it exist. People that believe it make it exist and make it happen. Mm, yes. I, I feel the same Beautiful. thing with aliens is that people believe it and they make it a reality for themselves. Mm, yeah. So that's, that's what gets weird. Sorry. Right, I cut you yeah. off. No, it's it's it, weird between the uh, macrocosm and the microcosm of you manifesting this stuff, like on an individual level and learning about that. But then, considering in that same vein what these elites cabal whatever you want to call them do with this mimicry back to us it's like is it a simulation is it then you get into the eastern idea of like there is only one and so they must if there's a collective consciousness i like to say that they are our collective ego they are the demiurge to our greater 
source God create, you know what I mean? The demiurge is like in Gnosticism, if you're familiar, is like, it's the same. I mean, of course that story is the same story as it is. It's in every needed. Religion. <laughs> it's needed. It's just like the hero's journey. It's you the know, creator. You need it's, obstacles. You need, uh, uh, trials and tribulations to get you to that next level of consciousness. And what, yes. So it's, it's a needed evil. Simulation. Protects, so that's lately the whole, whole idea that's creep that's been creeping in even from the sixties about ego death, kill your ego, uh-huh. kill your ego. It's so violent, isn't it? You should, yeah. you should be hugging your ego and thanking it and letting it go. Or at least, understanding that you don't need it anymore at that point. You know what I mean? Or realize that it's something that will always be there a little bit. Well, yeah, you You can't get rid, you can't distinguish or kill your ego because that's basically taking a part of who you are deep down on, you know, the goodness of your soul. And, uh, but, but you can control your ego. That's, that's a way to go about it. And I think once you're aware of it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what, and I was talking to um, Sir uh, Samuel last night about this on his uh, on the consciousness show. I tried to keep it not conspiratorial and <laughs> tried to keep it with only consciousness, and it was really hard. Um, yeah. I dropped a lot of f bombs, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that like a whole part of like awakening, you know, and being that good next level, that level up on your spirit is just is being observational and understanding uh, um, your surroundings with like unconditional love and just being like observational and, and listening and, and just slowing down and patience and goodness and just, and just observing nature and in our lives with observing, nature. observing nature for sure. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when you observe nature, you can see all like the, the things that, you know, birds can do or uh, lizards can do, or these different animals that have these different traits, like lizards can grow their tail back. And then there's like the story of like oh, the, Shamir, yeah. the Shamir that I heard on um, uh, brothers of the serpent where like they just uh, people used to observe birds and they would put the birds hatchling behind like a glass plate and they would watch the bird leave, come back and it would have like a worm in its mouth or some type of other thing, and it would be able to melt that glass to get back to its bird. And then from that, you can try to figure out where that bird went and what that object was, because it instinctively knew how to get past that obstacle or how to melt through that rock to get to the other side. You know what I mean? How to get to the other side by observing nature and how it does it. Like you've seen like these uh, people... Uh, that do gene manipulation now they make glow-in-the-dark dogs and shit like that that, that these people you mean darpa and every fucking goddamn mainstream no these these there's a documentary on tv and these motherfuckers will send you a whole kit and you can do gene (laughs) manipulation to yourself because there's no laws against it yet yeah you can order crispr at home yeah yeah well, that's, that's that, exactly they've they've made us all into into brown shirts on some level. You know what I mean? Like we all have access to using their tech constantly. Maybe not brown shirts, but useful idiots or perhaps useful like idiots, just, yeah, just yeah, drones. You know, like consumers. The idea of, well, the yeah, issue, yeah, absolutely. The issue with us not standing up for ourselves, like I was saying earlier, is you need your mic up, bro. I can't. Okay, hey, hey hear you know what? You need your mic up, man. Want to hey. hear that sweet voice? You want to hear it? Uh, I can't. So, he's, no. Is it not? 
I, I, I'm, oh, reading you, I'm reading you loud and clear, bro. All right, how's this? Uh, you're faint to me, man. All right, well, fuck Maybe. you, dude. I'm trying. I, I, I think it's the light. It's drowning out your voice. Oh, Maybe. my God. Maybe. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Mike, carry on. Uh, uh, well, I almost forgot what I was trying to say in that moment. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I did want to actually touch on this uh, the, the simulation. You know, I just want to always remind people that, yes, if we are in a simulation, there's no lie about it because you have a cosmic reality which is reality. And then inside of the cosmic reality, if you live within the gridded fucking, you know, monetary system by any government at all, that is a simulation. It's got written rules, boundaries, ups, downs, lefts, rights. So yes, we are in a simulation. There's no doubt about it. Simulation theory isn't a theory. It's fucking real, but we yeah. also have the cosmic reality and that's, that is reality, but we live within the simulation within the cosmic simulation. So it's like, what are we going to do as people, to do that or are we going to you know we were talking about off the grid earlier it's like well like yeah there really technically is no getting off the grid because especially if they're coming for us (laughs) any pinpoint location you can look up on google maps with a satellite and look anywhere so it's like you're never off grid so yeah, that's we, what they give us to, to browse around on i know oh yeah guarantee right (laughs) not with the infrared everything and yeah Pictures from 2013 or whatever, but like nano cameras that we have on us right now that we don't even know about because the nanotech is terrifying. (laughs) You ever, you ever hear about, you remember, you know, Michael, I I thought he was pretty sweet and uh, I read a lot of his books, not just Jurassic Park, but he had a lot of crazy books. Who knows if he was, you know, controlled opposition, controlled opposition or something, but you know, whatever. I think you can have control. They can have controlled opposition agents without the controlled opposition agents knowing, you know what I mean? The, the machine works for itself. And that's obviously what these people want. Look what they're doing to our world. They're automating it. So obviously their core system works without most people knowing, you know what I mean? Over compartmentalization Uh, makes it really easy to do that. Right. I've lost my train of thought now. I can't remember where I was Fuck, before that. Sorry. <laughs> it's no, no, Dan is over all compartmentalization. He wrote a book called, um, I want to, th- I, th- I think it was called, ne- no, it wasn't next. Of course, I'm going to forget. It might have been, uh, I, it's, it's gone. It's gone. I'm going to look it up. Right, I'm going to look, look it up, up man. It up, it but uh, it was about nanotech, and it was like the most terrifying book I actually ever read. Oh my god! Like it was just nuts. So it was smart like smart by the end of it, this thing. this woman, this wife of the main character, basically has her entire energy sucked out of her. I can't remember the plot entirely, but there's just a mirror image of her walking or, or appears to be walking around, but it's just billions of these tiny little nanobots creating a. A second oh, yeah. her. And now you think about them, you know, uh, creating a digital twin. Have you guys heard about that kind of stuff going on in the tech yeah. world? And the, it's just Not even it, it mirrors that, that story big time. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. I remember Smart Dust was two years ago, some tech that's out. And it was like uh, many tiny micro uh, uh cameras that are like the size of grain of sand that they could drop through crop dust planes. Yeah. The book was called prey. Oh, prey. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. That's just Ooh. terrifying. I'm going to have to find that on, on, on audible. Even if it is control, you know, pr- predictive programming. Yeah. Well, like, we need to pay attention to that shit. Yeah, all I exactly. know is if this is all really predictive 
programming that we get from movies and television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That means there should be mutants coming around pretty soon. Yeah. And there should be aliens coming around pretty soon. Well, all from MK Ultra. That's maybe. a metaphor, perhaps. You know, like these yeah. are artists, or they try to be. They pay, they control artists that are legitimate talents. You know what I mean? That can come up with incredible metaphors. And like, that's kind of where I'm, because think well, about well, uh, then the can, Anunnaki, you know? Can we just the, read too deep into things then? You know what I mean? Are we are we just kind of reading too much into stuff and really trying to <laughs> decipher things that are just not fucking there? I, I don't, I really have spent a long time desperately trying to convince myself of that. And I really don't think so because again, the, the strings that are being pulled, you're like, are they really there? Are they really there? And they are, and they lead outside the fucking wall, you know, like, because we can look at those, the same like wordplay and magic stuff that goes on with their shit that they kind of put out there subtly. And for those who understand the symbolism, we get it. And it's like a kind of a mockery to us, but like you also see that those connections like in nature too, like those, those metaphors and those comparisons and those symbols, they carry right into nature and it all folds in on itself. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like, Eventually, the conspiracy, like, like, let me tell you this real quick. I don't know if you guys experienced this ever on psychedelics, but yes. my main experience was finding out that I had been running a conspiracy against myself my whole life oh, about shit. this physical existence, about patterns, about this, all the things that my subconscious knew that like consciously I was unaware of. And a lot of people report that it all boils up or yeah. this or that. Yeah. Your, your ego in quotes, whatever that is, is like running the conspiracy theory. It, it, it's like control, control, right? It's like the same Russian doll to the outer world and everything. And it just, it kind of, it all doesn't feel like it's a conspiracy being run by people wanting a playboy lifestyle until they die. You know what I mean? It feels like it's something more than that. And you can't point a finger at any fucking one of them because it's like Agent Smith. You know, they'll just pop right out the other side and go into someone else. Mm-hmm. So have know, you, maybe that's have a little seen, too wacky. <laughs> have you seen Loki? Yeah. I just bought this. No, I haven't, but I saw a trailer recently for like a recent episode yeah. or whatever. Like finding out like what that uh whatever kind of corporation thing that has him held there. Yeah, it's called the up. T- TVA, which is a timeline variant agency. Yeah, variant. Oh, what a great word for this this new television show. To, uh, yeah, COVID variants come so out. There's funny. also a variant yeah. in the timeline, and he is the variant. Oh, right. The, the trickster they, uh, is the variant. How about yeah. that? The CIA yeah. Loki, uh, has, is and he always... runs into other uh, Lokis that are in different timelines, or I guess you could say dimensional. I mean, I don't know. There are different timelines that he's able to go through and connect with these other Lokis. And there's one that is a female who he has like a, like kind of, he has the hots for her, I guess you could say. But what's interesting about it is it's also him. So it's like, it's exactly telling you what the ego is. The ego is that trickster self in you that's trying to convince you of these different things that maybe are not really even there. 
You know, what's great too, is you just made me think of like the fact that he's like falling in love with his other self immediately reminds me of the Greek story of Narcissus. Yeah. And like, (laughs) uh, and I've recently with someone in, uh, in my life kind of had a, uh, a a big understanding, like an awakening to like the idea of narcissism and how it's more than just like an individual thing, because obviously it's, it's like, it spreads like a virus or disease. And like, I started to look into it and there's like generational narcissism, there's cultural narcissism. And with all the stuff we're talking about with this ego and, and going right back to that Loki comparison, it's like, it makes perfect sense that these, if it is a bunch of elites, clearly it's a bunch of narcissists running us. But if, (laughs) if the elites are some reflection of some, ethereal thing or something outside of this place, then I would say maybe the narcissism is an accident and whatever's running the show, maybe it is God. And God is, I mean, I had this experience on psychedelics too, where it's like, God is a lonely creative child that doesn't know how he's doing any of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, he's just like bored all the time, creating variants of many different (laughs) dimensions. Yeah. Like Alan Watts would say, man, Alan Watts would say, you know, you, you, uh, you, shine the sun the same way you work your thyroid gland and you oh, have wow. no idea how you're doing any of it. Wow. I, I kind of think <laughs> of things too in like a, a, like the parental metaphor, like you tell your child not to do things, even though your child seems like that's okay to do that. Why can't I do that? No, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to like, you have to go to bed at nine o'clock. Why do I have to go to bed at nine o'clock? Mm-hmm. Well, because I said so. I feel like it's kind of the same same thing with like government in a sense that Mm -hmm. they're telling us to do things that maybe they think is best for us. But at the same time, we're pushing back because we don't think that's what's good for us. It's not what's best for us. It's what they want to be best for us and what they need to be best for us so we can be the best in their image and view, which is I feel like a lot of the same thing with parental stuff. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, seemingly you probably do know what the fuck's best for your kid. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're still there. They're still their own individual shit. They could leave you at any point in time. They could be like, fuck Ugh. this motherfucker. I'm out of here. I'll grab my yeah. fucking knapsack, my nut butters, my, my double mint gum, my freaking <laughs> favorite shoes. Got to grab my teddy bear, my pillowcase. Oh, my God. I can't go without it. And then they go in there. Yeah, I got a four-year-old. The next... 15 years, 20 years, it's going to be terrible. Maybe ter- it's not going to be terrifying. I don't even want to put that out there, but if it's a reflection of my youth, Oh my God. Oh, yeah. It's just like We're all doomed rebellion that's constantly, <laughs> but perhaps that's why, you know, like he's not going to be that way. Cause I'm not going to, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully try not to, but you're right. It's kind of unavoidable. And it is that microcosm to the macrocosm. Again, it's that scale and variance. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Is it natural law? Is, you know, it's like when, when I had Micah Dank on telling me about the astrotheology, it feels like it's the same way a parent would give a child an easy way to understand what you need to do for the next 10 minutes. Like, okay, this symbol, this symbol, this, when you see the bull, put the plow on the bull. Okay. <laughs> like it, yeah. it felt, so it's, it maybe the Anunnaki, maybe the, the shiny ones, maybe it, it is a physical thing. Maybe we do have, or maybe those are just the, uh, the simulator set uppers, uh, you know, the, the programmers setting things up like, all right, you're going to do this 
when you see that, do that. <laughs> I, I kind of have I kind of have this crazy thread thread you made me think of, and, and it brings back to uh, what we were talking about earlier. You know, ripping into another dimensional wall with, through like electromagnetic physics, right, or some mm-hmm. sort of high tech that we don't know of or whatever. What would be the reason? to do something that your consciousness could do, right? Why would you need to do that? If we could do that with our body, but if for some reason there is very important, like the elite and like their specific blood type or whatever the fuck they are, has they've actually been bred out to not be able to have that deepness of consciousness, so they're not able to do it. So they have to have hmm. machines do it for them, or they are this outside source that they don't have the same like abilities as us consciously as, as us as human beings. So they need to use us to get there and to the other timelines for them, you know, or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, one way or the other, it has to be that. It, you feel it's me? the story everywhere. Yeah, because it's the story everywhere. It's the Matrix. It's the it's every story about this is them not. And you go right back to the the biblical by bi- uh, devil. You can go yeah. back to en- Enlil versus you know Enki. opposed opposed to his very creative brother Enki. Like the character is always there. The one that has no creativity and has to steal oh, yeah. and has to conquer and has mm-hmm. to overpower the the clearly the narcissist you know <laughs> yeah which yes. is enki in that situation right well enlil is the warring the eagle the the all-seeing the conquering enki is the creative the 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 trickster he's loki he's yeah so some would say he's jesus some would say he's, he's satan. he is the satan and i actually wrote a college paper uh you know, suggesting that uh, Jesus and Lucifer were very similar characters, <laughs> and I was the brothers. Uh, brothers, interesting. That's an interesting. Well, I've heard that. Well, I've heard so many. Was a girl. Was I've also heard that Jesus he was, was that Jesus, like the character of Jesus that may not even have existed. Was you know because like you think about his story, like. If you follow the whole, like, there's 33 vertebrae and it's the Kundalini and Jesus, the serpent on the cross is represented, blah, blah, blah. You Christ that consciousness. Theory? Right. So all that and connecting him with Yeshua and and, and Isa and all, all these things. So it's like, was he really, were any of them real or like, or is that scale invariance? Or is yeah. it all not symbolism? Is it all real? Everything is it that because Manly P. Hall, yeah, Manly P. Hall loved to talk about the idea that this Russian doll Matroshka aspect of reality mm-hmm. is everywhere. Like it just it's all yeah. consuming. It's just it's history or know, it feels of, like a what do you mean like do you mean he he means that through the history we're told or the, the sure, visions of that, his reality? Well, just through like scale, like as above, so below. So Mm -hmm. the universe does what we are doing. Like the Anunnaki, you can explain those stories away and connect them to all the other religions and go, well, it seems that maybe it was all symbolism because it's also connected to the star movements and this and that. But then there's so much physical evidence and so much clear ideas that Oh look! You can hop through time and watch how they traveled, unless and, and uh, use record the is same on the outside of the starlight. So, if the atmosphere yeah. right outside the atmospheric layer is the collective consciousness, that layer of thick plasma where all of our soul energy goes, uh-huh. that to me would explain astrology in the sense of like having any sort of like um, birth chart stuff, right? Because when you look deep on deep birth charts, you're having 
over like 60 different angles prescribed. It's not just you're a Taurus rising with your Saturn sun, you know, it's, it's actually Saturn sun. That's not that's, that's <laughs> different conjunctions, but um, <laughs> to me, when I, cause um, let's explain the psychedelic trip. I had one time that where I please do left my, I, I was on acid and I think it was around, you know, the winter solstice or something. It was just heavy energy. And I, my fucking consciousness left my body and it went straight up and it went to this bubble to, on the outside of the atmosphere where I was cuddled up and buddy, buddy with all of these other blue light, just wiggly worms of like energy. It felt like, but this wasn't more than, you know, 10 seconds at least. And it like kind of looked around and we were looking down and it was almost that like, you know, cheesy NASA, you know, every space movie we've ever seen that horizon of earth kind of looking down at it. And, but it was really warm and really good. And it was either, you know, in the collective consciousness in my head or my soul and spirit actually left my body and going to the other side, you know, and that's like, I don't know, dude, but that's what I think it is, bro. That's what I think the atmosphere of earth is, is like all, all of our energy, spirit energy is that atmosphere. And we're like out there and that's why we get to choose where we come in and when we come into who we come into, you know, the, oh, the soul part. contract thing. Yeah. 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 I fuck with that shit. You know, dude, something you just said, man, uh, reminded me of one of my favorite, you know, nerd alert, uh, I'm a big Harry Potter fan, because if you're a Harry <laughs> Potter fan, you're a star Wars fan, you're a Lord of the Rings fan because it's all the hero's story. You know what I mean? It's, it's a great story. Yep. yep. And, uh, so Dumbledore at one point said, cause you just said, is it all in my head or did that really happen? And I remember when Dumbledore, Harry Potter asked Dumbledore that same question. He said, whatever gave you the idea that there's any difference or what does he oh. say? It's, it's, of course it's happening yeah. in your head, but what makes you think that doesn't make it real, you know, or what doesn't make, <laughs> I don't know, something along those lines, but beautiful. that's beautiful. where I took it. <laughs> well, I think, I think there's... of it all as like a, a sky clock. I mean, even in like, uh, the pagans with the Greeks and the Anunnaki and stuff, they would name the gods. Like when they became one of the gods in the, uh, uh, one of the Olympians, they would get to name their own planet. They would become a planet. Hmm. And it's almost like that planet is also a reflection of the person on earth and also a reflection of the properties of that. And that's what the as above, so below is. It's it's a giant clock in, in the sky, but it is also having its effect because it's as above, so below. So you're talking about the Matryoshka dolls. Even mm. if you have the biggest one, it still looks exactly like the smallest it's one. The same thing. It's yeah. a yeah. Uh, what, what, and what can we relate that to? We can go right into the idea. Uh, was it Talbot that wrote the holographic uh, universe? That's a. Do you the have electric. that? Oh, yeah. Not the electric, but the holographic. Which yeah. honestly, you can take those two theories and put them He's together on a sandwich and take a big bite. It's beautiful. There it is. Actually, it's down here too. It's somewhere in here. He said, he I'm said not going through it because it'll all topple. So he just said you could take the holographic universe and the electric universe, put them in a sandwich, take a big bite. And yeah, absolutely, man. That's absolutely. fucking amazing, dude. I love it. Well, because David Talbot that wrote that book is big into electric universe theory as well. But the properties of a hologram is uh, uh what what are the fractals and yeah. fractals are just mimics of 
itself over and over and over. Extending uh, out and forth. Yeah, there's a book by a man named Douglas Hofstadter named uh, I Am a Strange Loop. Now, I read this (laughs) probably about 10 10 or 10 years ago or so. And I was all into this. I was crazy into conspiracy theories for so long. And that was the book that scared the shit out of me and made me put down nonfiction for quite a while. And speaking of Harry Potter, my sister had been bugging me to read Harry Potter for years. And I was like, give me Harry Potter. I need to have something fun and easy. And I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of like predictive programming back then and stuff like that, or the hero's journey. Really. I wasn't into that. So I didn't, Harry Potter was just entertainment. I like drifted away from all of this stuff for a long time because that book hit home so hard to like my psychedelic experiences. And for some reason, my psychedelic experiences while mind blowing and beautiful and, and mostly positive have always come with this like really dark creepiness inside of it. Like there's something like a kick me sign is on your back. It's very weird. Like there's some the, sort of the, like looming shadowy kind of. Yeah, effect. I don't like, know. I I know. I feel it. I think. Um, acid I've had friends is say that they look. Sorry, go ahead. There's something about the synthetic uh, psychedelics, like acid, even in its purest. And I know people get pure LSD 25. Well, pure LSD 25 was supposedly created in the MK Ultra project, right? So mm-hmm. it has deep intention and its roots as to where psilocybin and mushrooms you might get a little darky dark and i think that but i think that actually you know it also might be a lot to have to do with environment physical environment i was gonna say my mushroom trip on eight grams was the dear sweet lord dear sweet lord uh intense i felt i felt like indiana jones absolutely (laughs) like i was digging through caverns of mind i was actually like reliving (laughs) my first trip that i didn't remember because it was all euphoria psychedelics as terence mckenna says are usually very easy on beginners it's like oh welcome it's alice in wonderland jump on a mushroom like it was very friendly, but like there was some sneaky suspicions going on. So when I took that big dose, I asked the question, what did happen in that first trip? What did I actually realize <laughs> that I put away and I can't remember or it feels like I've told myself not to remember? And I remember at that point, yeah, it was like eight hours of like, I don't know, psychedelic Indiana Jones, <laughs> like discovery of something really some really creepy realization about reality at large. And maybe it was just creepy because I wasn't prepared for it or something, but it's been keeping me away from the psychedelics pretty much ever since. Well, that's, that's <laughs> beautiful, man. That's beautiful. It's a type of observation, you know, you need to take away from that experience. Uh, one thing I was going to say is uh, the mimicry thing. It's like looking into a mirror. That's you looking into a mirror, looking into a mirror, looking into a mirror. And that's what I was accidentally almost cutting you off with when I stopped because my friend had told me a story about being on acid and having that effect with a mirror behind him and a mirror in front of him and just gazing for a long time and trying to count how many mirrors. And he says (laughs) that eventually a tiny, tiny, tiny little elf person went hi and like peeked out and waved to him and it freaked him out and it sent him running out of the bathroom and and you think about the machine elves and 
all the imagery of you know elven what, creatures. What about like uh, uh, Bloody Mary and Candyman? Yeah, interesting. And like uh, these physical things are coming from the mirror when you call their name. Oh, it's all about manifestation too. It's all about you know? making it. It's all about uh, making yeah. it real. Yeah, making right? it, distorting a, an image, flipping the image. And yeah, a lot of mainstream people will talk about Candyman that way. Like that film is like more than just a slasher. It's so revered. Like yeah. it was like a cultural phenomenon yeah. back then. They're doing a remake like, of it. Yeah. And I don't trust that director much, but I, <laughs> uh, I'll probably see it because I'm a, I'm a yeah, horror I fan. Love, I love Candyman. Think Man. about Cursed Mirrors, guys, like in like old cartoons and stuff. That yeah. story of that, like you can, because mirrors used to be made with like silver, like heavy special property metals, right? Oh. Down. Well, if you put like energy and like magic into it and or hit it with electromagnetic specialties, you know what I'm saying? You can fucking really put a manifestation into that mirror into the other dimension. Yeah, man. That's Holy some yeah, creepy that's shit. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that brings us back to that dualistic, like, you know, ah, man, it's like, yeah, you got to do it yourself because, like, they're just going to be doing it out there, like, with machines and stuff. <laughs> For and, real. Like, I wonder, though, like, if you guys get into, like, any of the Eastern stuff, how, like, you know, Buddhism, it's like, there really is no good or bad. There is no yeah. judgment. There's not. So it's like. Because it's I, nature. God, I'm going to get crucified in some people's eyes. But like, is that alternative route to the future? It's got to be bad. I know it's bad, but like, what the fuck? I don't know, man. The, like the transhumanist uh, agenda, you mean? Right, right. So that's coming, and that's happening, and that's part of our reality. That in a good portion of like really it's solid philosophy inevitable. is neither here nor there and neither good nor bad. And even when you look at like near death experience, most of those people are coming back going, <laughs> you just wake up. Everything's fine. And it's like, what? Like, uh, what? <laughs> it's very, I don't know where I was going with that, but like it's just it, it bugs me I, how. I, I, me and Roman talk about the shit. The shit is. <laughs> yeah. Roman and I talk about this a lot is like the whole perspective thing of, nature and uh and good and evil it's 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 all perspective because it's it's only relative to you you know like a person that's a psychopath that kills people that murders people or whatever doesn't really think he's doing anything wrong he thinks it's fun or a game and yeah and but the, then what that does is miss i mean as so but then you got to think about the morals on a on a on a on a fucking societal level like because there's a society yeah but society is a man-made construction but but that's the reason we make it is to uh but to, we're constructing our own reality because in a natural reality oh yeah, yeah we wouldn't true. have that but, so it's almost like getting really civilized and like almost uh, doing away with any of the strife is almost against that, na- against nature or something. How gross and how weird is that? Weird, very fucking like yeah. Weird. Wild West hardcore is actually the right way. Look at look at out there. Look how chaotic it is. Or are we supposed to rise above that? Like maybe. Well, that's anecdotal, right? I don't know. 
all <laughs> all spirituality might be anecdotal. Do you guys? If it's all just us mimicking and mimicking and mimicking. Oh, I think you're. Uh, yeah, that, I I fuck with that honestly. Copy, that's <laughs> copycats. The loop, the loop mm-hmm. stuff, man. You're talking about earlier. I actually looked it up and I just bought that book also on Audible yeah! because I'm. I hope it doesn't do what it did to me. It won't. Uh, You'll I'm a strange loop resonates, dude. Every time I'm on acid, uh, I get into a loop in my head and like it's a thought loop and um it, it's 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 like you know i mean yeah it's a snake eating its own tail but like on on that end you know it's uh it's it's not for me uh so it's gonna be an interesting book but uh i was gonna ask oh fuck i had a sweet question to ask uh, i was gonna i was gonna ask it will come back question. around all right i'll come well, back i come back i got a shit ton of stuff so yes yeah, so uh, let's so go all you gotta do is don't grasp at it and it'll come back that's, <laughs> what, I, that's what i find um <laughs> Like grass we're, and water. We were bringing up Anunnaki, and um, yes, in that whole in that whole uh, paradigm, I guess you could say, is it's the these creator people, these civilizers, or these cedars that are restarting civilizations, and they're giving the native people uh, these stories and these uh, tales, and I think they're dumbing it down into these stories to tell them of a bigger, higher thing that's actually happening. I mean, that's why in Egypt you have these mystery schools and they, they feed all the information to the public of one thing. But when you're in the mystery school, you actually learn the deeper meaning behind everything. And you have to be initiated because the the mortal man isn't able to comprehend it at a level that's available to people with uh that are more intellectual or smart that can interpret it differently and see it for what it is rather than face value they can see the deepness of it so you have these mystery schools in egypt and you have them in uh like the greeks had them and even like uh they claim that jesus was in a scene and that was a type of uh, mystery like the whole uh uh nazareth being uh resurrected wasn't actually him dying and resurrecting it was a metaphor for himself killing his ego and then being resurrected into the christ consciousness Mm -hmm. and so when you think about all these things is how was there these people that already knew all this shit and people that didn't know because only until now did they even uh educate the the civilian people before that it was only the higher ups that had educations everybody else was just peasants and everything and right and fodder and so when, when you have when you start to think about it like that you have to go like well who are these anunnaki people and where do they come from and that's why people grasp on to this alien thing so hard is because they can't conceive of a people that have been here for millions of years they're the people right. that have to create the technology in order to get the human consciousness because they, you know, if the Anunnaki genetically modified us, they wouldn't be able to have the qualities we have. So if they made us too special or too good. Uh, well, just but, real quick, remember that they they did, at least in the cuneiform stories, it is cited that, like, you know, Adapa was more powerful than any of the Anunnaki. And only if he finds out, Oh no, that was yeah. Lil's plight. Mm, yeah. So yes. Yeah. We yeah. Are, that's the whole point. And that's our story, right? We are powerful. We are too, are not, too powerful. They want to hide that yeah. from us. 
And I, or we're really hiding it from ourselves, aren't we? Us, we yeah, on that no. micro macro scale and variance level. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. We need to start like putting our walls down and start listening to everybody and just everybody. Needs somehow, to, you know, somehow, man, we, but this is it. We're doing it here, man. We are doing it piece by piece like this. Yes. We're, we're, we're fucking making a difference out there. And like, and this is really good, you know, because we just, all we want to do here in this podcast realm is to help people understand where the fuck we came from and why and how we can come together to stay more human and be more human and be the best and most best possible human we can be or whatever. Yeah, cut out yeah, the middleman. Somehow <laughs> yes. cut out the middleman, but we've and- fucking embedded the middleman into our lives so viciously. <laughs> yeah. And now we're the middleman. And- well, we allow them all, you know, like yeah. religion, their healthcare, their food, their this, their that, their mm-hmm. land, their every the tax system. And yeah. now that we're all waking up to just how deep it is, it's a part of us now. It's like peeling off lead paint or maybe that's a bad, like contact cement from your skin. It's part of you now. It's but so it's gonna it's gonna hurt. With with uh with the Anunnaki and like uh Yeah, sorry, let's get back to that. <laughs> and, and Egypt, who was who was the first so called god of Egypt that terraformed it? Do you guys know? The first god? I it was can't remember. Pata. No, I do not remember that one. Pata okay. was like the first pharaoh of Egypt who they said that he terraformed it, and then Osiris, I believe, was after that. Or maybe it was Osiris, and then Ptah was the first pharaoh, but Osiris was the first god. Something, something. Well, to Osiris, that if you ever uh-huh. need to to like self correct and figure out who's who, just think back to Sumer because Osiris is Enki. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, <laughs> but so is Ptah. Oh, okay, okay. So again, it's that hero with a thousand faces yeah. just repeats. So when you look at the word pata, it actually turns into uh like Peter, pata, pita. Oh yeah, yeah, pata. It's Peter. Peter. Yeah. And also it's you could look Peter at Parker. Like, <gasps> it's the way a, it's the way a baby would say Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can look I at that three, a lot with those ancient gods, man. It's the yeah, three, uh, it's kind of creepy. The three sons of Noah were uh Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But if you look at Japheth, it you could say it as Japata or Jupiter. So then mm-hmm. it's Jupiter, it's Yehovah. So then Joseph, that means that Enki Jesus is the god of the bible he is the raw he's the raw's legions so he is the, legion the catholic church would be enki and what we know Ooh. of the catholic church and how deceiving it is we yeah. can associate that to the trickster yeah and what are they trying to do is bring in materialism right and And that's what that's what we're living in right now is this materialistic reality and they're trying to kill off the nature by creating synthetic materials that's that ties in perfectly because when you think about where the anki (laughs) energy would be what the anki energy would be it would be the vatican and it would be the monotheistic capitalism you know you're making me look at him in a completely different light but you're right i 
But either way, <laughs> that energy that of the Vatican and that, like, it all ties in, man. Because Who's if in they're, all that? why the fuck are they emulating the <laughs> human consciousness on a material level? Like, why? The problem is Enlil. Enlil. Like, where is, is he? There, there is no. One? There is no. <gasps> yeah. Yes, it's Tyler Durden all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's, ego in the self, man. Exactly. It's the fucking demiurge in the source. Exactly. Fuck, you're blowing my mind, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We just got deep. There Beautiful. is. <laughs> I think we just completed the circle. <laughs> but, but so, so you could say that there is. So Enlil and Enki, they're brothers, right? Also. Right. In the in the Nordic mythology, Odin and Loki are actually brothers. Mm. They're, Loki is not, not his son and brother. Again. That's that's again. just a Marvel. Time and time again. That's another deception to fool you into yeah, Marvel differently. Us. Yeah. So Marvel is trash. Odin and Loki are brothers. So Odin would be Enlil, and he would be trying to continue the nature pattern. And Loki would be trying to disrupt that. So Odin would be Enlil or On or An, Anu. And then yes. Enlil would be actually, uh, like like you said, the uh, non-existent. Enlil would, wouldn't exist. It would just be another form of Loki. And that Odin was it's actually the, the the father of and uh, of Enki. Uh, dude, like you're making me go like go back in time to Fight Club. Like I, I, yeah. <laughs> because seriously, like now I'm looking at Fight Club as like, holy a shit! Metaphor it's like the, maybe or, did did wait. Chuck Polania give up the ghost? Wait, <laughs> like, is, you, is really Fight Club a predictive programming seeded truth somehow? Well, like I knew that it had to be because I mean it's. It's Hollywood. It's Brad Pitt for Christ's sake. So, I mean, Pitt, yeah. you know, it's Marvel and at me. You know, but yeah. at the same time, like, holy shit, because it's like that realization. That and think about the perspective of all the followers in Project Mayhem, though, mm-hmm. looking at this schizophrenic nightmare boss mm-hmm. that is this saint beautiful, creative man that has the best of us at his in his heart. And then this just like this cold, suave, like control free. I, I, it's interesting. You know, yeah. it's it's Damn. reflective right yeah. there. Yeah, because is. when we were talking to Sergio about the Anunnaki, when we had him on, I asked him two different times and in two different ways if God of the Bible was Enki. Uh-huh. And both times he told me no, that it was Enlil. But when you look at Ra, and I'm going to get into a box saga for a second because please do in the box saga. It says that Ra leaves the Acer and he goes to Hindustan and he becomes the Raja mm. and he's his consort is Maya. Then he goes to Egypt from there and he is Ra. Then he leaves Egypt, gives the land of Israel to Moses and he is and he tells them to name it Israel, Israel. And so you you see this raw over and over again, and in this in the same areas. And so to me, it, well, in the box saga, it says that when Ra leaves 
Ra is actually the moon in the Bach saga, but he leaves, and when he goes to Egypt, he proclaims himself as the sun. But he is not the sun. He's actually a representation of the moon. And what is Lucifer? Lucifer is the deceiver, and he is the one that try, wanted to become God right. and be higher than God. So he made himself the sun. And Odin is the sun and in the Bach saga. So I did this wordplay thing in another episode where I took the word Lou because the word there's this God Lou in all kinds of different uh, religions and belief systems and folklore. And Lou, if you look at just L-U and Lucifer and uh, Illuminati and Lunar. Uh, yep. lunatic lust it's in it's all comes from the moon yeah it all comes from the moon it's the moon energy but it's hidden it's implanted it's not even supposed to be in our orbit and it's yeah and it's not the it's the moon energy uh uh masquerading as the sun it's because hmm. well, uh, the moon has a fucking VHS tracking line, two of them going up randomly. <laughs> you guys know what I'm, uh, you know, the, 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 the lunar wave. Oh, oh, okay. What is that? So this guy, Crow, triple seven. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So he originally had this video of, he was like filming the moon. The second sun or, oh, shoot well, the moon. Well, that's something. Yeah, shoot the moon. I mean, yeah. I don't, you know. It's uh, he's told the story a million times, but I mean, you see the footage everywhere. Uh, I think they've there's like 16 total that they've gathered. I can't remember the exact number, but two perfect, like repeatable lines go across the surface of the moon. And um, they look like those VHS tracking lines that you used to do when you tr tried to adjust a VHS, like that staticky little, it's just like one and then a second one right up and it's, they they've torn it apart so it's tethered he's, in. he's 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 torn it he's torn it apart where like that phenomenon is not camera uh movement it's not atmospheric it's not like he's had meteorologists in on it he's had um uh, a russian astronomer uh corroborate what he was seeing it's really messed up i think he's got like a bunch of them that he's recorded himself and he's got them all up on his website it's i love I, 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 I pay for the the premium subscription oh, of that fantastic because, dude like i mean i love that fucking show yeah um, man real quick though yo what if the the moon is the first ragnarok the the reason that the tilt mm. came. if it's a metal something that's fucking with the electromagnetic sphere and fucking with oh. the poles controlling the poles making the poles shift and having cataclysms every so mm. many thousands of years because it's not supposed to be in our system so all the symbology for the moon right holy is dark because it's not supposed to be here the goal it caused the break of the golden age yo yeah i just fucking thought and, of that another thing too to think about is we were talking about all this frequency and everything and, and us having an illusion and giving uh, giving a reality to the frequency that we are seeing. And that's why when they film stuff like stars and shit, they're seeing like 
uh, geometry in it. You know, they're they're not seeing a physical object. They're seeing some type of like wavy waveform, and it looks like a some type of uh, uh, you know, like the atom symbol where it has like the lines yeah, around like the outside, all of sorts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it they seem to look like that, or they seem to not even look like they're there. And maybe that's because it's just a frequency that we are seeing, but we we're giving it uh, a value, value, yes. yeah, like a reality or a, a right. meaning, yeah. We do right. I mean, because that's what yeah. we already kind of established. We've been talking about yeah. how, like, clearly consciousness is the root of all being. I think yeah. I, I would yeah. say that. Well, that's that's yeah. that's the immersion of well, what the, is consciousness. The Anunnaki we all form this image in our head of what consciousness is, and I, it's unescapable because we humanize it. Like you this, know, what I, is? I got a good one. I got a good one. Okay, so you have a fucking TV screen, right? Just a fucking TV screen, kid. It's nothing. All right, <laughs> it's nothing. Where's the what cord? What are you talking at? about? Plug in the cord. Plug in the cord. Electricity. Boom. Information. Boom. That's how that TV is now. TV and not just a body of the fucking TV. So you get electric cord from the Akashic record. So that's why it breaks me into the thing of like, if the atmosphere is really just made up of plasma holding in our souls, that kind of thicker goodness that, so if we do live within a firmament, kind of, it's like a cell wall. Yeah. Like a cell wall. Yeah. Yeah. So like God, like a membrane. I think we're terraformed. I think we're a terraformed fucking planet. And I think it's been manipulated to do exactly what the Anunnaki story says is to, basically have us be a mining source you know like if this planet was smaller or something and then they just added in their own way of fucking with us like by a moon or something to fuck with the planet and keep it in control a little bit more you know what i mean or something something. i I was talking to somebody in the telegram chats and they were talking to me about the anunnaki and mining for gold and what they were saying is that your soul is the gold because you know people have talked about how soul Harvesting souls. The sun creates gold. Yeah, so it's actually about harvesting souls and not actually gold. That's it. That's Sam Tripoli loves the loose shit. He's always just like, they're stealing our loose. You know what I've never heard Sam mention, and maybe he's never seen it, and maybe he shouldn't, but like, I'll never look at Stephen King (laughs) the same way after watching the sequel to and reading the sequel to The Shining, uh, Doctor Sleep. Oh, sequel? No. Spoiler alert, I guess. Dude, I saw that in the theater, and I almost threw up. I wasn't a father yet, thank God. Yeah, I can now. I, I will never it. rewatch that movie. I will never Ever. rewatch. There was, a, there was a movie. There was a Shining too. It breaks my heart to even think about it right now. Honestly, like, oh yeah. There, I, in, I have you seen it. it too? It's so bad. It. It's so because it's so was, on the nose. It's just exactly what conspiracy theorists that weren't even in the public eye at all when this book was written. We're talking, you know what I mean? Yeah, basically soul vampires stealing loosh by scaring the fuck out of children while they kill them. Wow. So, gee, what do we think of? And it's like, fuck Stephen King. Really? Who the fuck? (laughs) I think Stephen King was just really. I love that man. (laughs) Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Conscious connection, and he like he he had a lot of demons too. He's had a lot of demons, and you know he probably was able to tear into the void. And I think that's what a lot of writers do. When yeah. you tap into writing down, when you tap into the consciousness of journaling and that consciousness of writing, that yeah. energy is next fucking level. You're talking about 
Okay, so here's another one because I guys, I gotta skate at eight. You feel me? I got to do <laughs> shit. Um, I know it's late for you because you have on the East Coast, baby. Um, yeah. But um, re- okay, so you have uh, multiple universes, and here we go. You have the cosmic universe that we know, right? Um, that the space you have space, you have your mind. That's another universe. The vast emptiness of that. Okay, that's uh, mm-hmm. then you have the internet. Vast emptiness, emulated universe. Then you have mm-hmm. writing. The the it, it's down in this paper. You just created a universe of words within there. There's like mm-hmm. that's proof, dude. We live within stacked universes. Universes mm-hmm. could, like realms, Petrushka. absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere we turn, like you're swimming through realms, yeah. and it's just Fuck flat it, Earth. It's Matoshka Earth. Yeah, yeah, baby. Man. Torito Matroshka. Matroshka Earth. Hashtag Matroshka Earth. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> what should we call this swap cast? Like rising from the deep? I rising know. I was thinking about what to do. That. <laughs> That's that. literally yeah. beautiful. Rising from the deep. Off Let's the get cuff, deep. gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, should we play a little? Who's that? Who's that chick that sings that song? Uh, oh, oh Adele. God. Adele. Oh, yeah, maybe we Adele. shouldn't name Adele. it. <laughs> <laughs> or you get that Swedish guy who did the metal covers of Adele. You ever see that oh, guy? Oh, God, I think I have seen him. He's yeah. fucking just like, I did see a guy with a banjo. I saw a guy with a banjo playing a lot of Slayer. That was really cool. I know, oh, Slayer's oh, all sweet. evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's, it's oh, that's. Yeah. I like and that jam, is weird baby. too, because like there, like we didn't really get into music, and I know Dan and I were talking I, I about we, sh- we really we should if let's let's st- maybe I don't know because like metal it is weird how a lot of it seems to be like super righteous like they've been fueling me for twenty years. Then there's this other stuff which I've liked and I've loved and I've been to concerts and now I look back and I'm like, hmm, okay, so maybe some of this is either paid or subtly controlled opposition. You know what uh, I mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't think metal has to be controlled op- opposition because they're already, they're already doing what they want. They don't oh, have- actually you're right. You're right. They, because it's like they, us as metalheads form bands and we follow what they hand down kind yeah. of like, you know, satanic like like, slayers straight you know? up hail. Well, are they hail Satan? I don't no, know. No, they're not. They've but never been. They just Roman about this too the other day. Because uh, Yake Hagstrom, who we just interviewed, he's in a Swedish death metal band. Awesome. And, and he's yeah. like, yeah, you he talk to him. Awesome. And What's he's it like, called? Uh, well, he just started his own own project, but he used to be in a band called Machine of Scars. Sweet. Awesome. So, but when you talk to these people, they're the most like humble, like nice, soft-spoken people. Like, they're like I'm a metalhead. I'm not like a super yeah. angry person. I don't like. I mean, I'm loud, but I'm not like <laughs> anger, hate, kill. Ah. No, the, no. Ju- the like judgment shit comes from all that ma- that mind control pop music. That's all yeah. been fucking emulated. Yeah, that's you know? shit, dude. Read read yeah. some read some contortionist lyrics and tell me that ain't like pure like be one with yourself and and love each other. It's like North Lane from Australia. Same thing. Like, there's a lot of even newer like heavy as fuck bands in this like kind of post progressive death metal kind of category that are awesome and they're all heavy as hell but they're just talking about all this good shit you know usually they're talking about history of like the land or folklore or or some type of stuff like that or even you know even satanism 
when you look, actually look at Satanism, it's just anti-Christian. It's it's just saying to love yourself. That's why yeah. it's 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 kind of a tongue out to Christianity, which is kind of childish. That devil way. symbol, though. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ah, right? Well, that's that, like, but like just in like, in, in like a childish way too. Like we're gonna call it you know, Satanism. We're going to be all about yeah, Satan. Like and yeah. When you're really not in, evil. Uh, putting no, the we bathroom were not. in Washington, D.C., right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or what about um the, you know, the Statue of Liberty possibly being Lucifer? I've heard that one too. The light bearer. But see, but yeah, that's what bear. it is. The the morning light, the light, the, the light bearer. The moon is also a light. Yeah. And which is also Venus too has been described that way. Oh, uh, well, the, Venus the is the consort to Lucifer. Ah. And, and you know, Venus I heard you as s- a female energy, and Lucifer is the moon. Ooh, and, then, and then all birthed out of Saturn. Uh, and you also said it was called Maya. The consort was Maya. And Maya yeah. in Hinduism is illusion. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the Mayan civilization. Yeah, that's really fucked up. Because if you want to do wordplay in that sense, it's like, well, what's going on? But there are even even one language, thousands of pyramids in that area, so we know that there was a civilization there. Sure, sure. But perhaps that's another metaphor. Perhaps that. Well, yeah. Isn't the the most famous even from the mainstream story (laughs) from when I was a kid was the Mayans? No one know where they went. Yeah, we only have their descendants. You know. Yeah, and people. (laughs) There's also they went underground. Their gods we, came up and took them back underground. They say the largest part of portals or, uh, you know, to underground that the hollow earth entrances is all in Argentina and that area, which connects Antarctica. So well, South but, America oh, could have entrances to hollow earth. So to me, the underworld is just anything below the equator. That's the yes. underworld. Also, Thank okay, word, word. I, I've, uh, I've at least America heard that. South America would be the underworld. Yeah. Africa would which be is the underworld. Why, like, Australia would be the underworld. In some texts, it's uh, in t- some interpretations or, or possible. I think it must be like firsthand cuneiform stuff that says like, you know, when Enki was banished to the underworld or whatever, or yeah. maybe it was maybe it was he went maybe to the it was Absolute, Ia. Was maybe it was Africa. Ia. Right. So it's but the southern hemisphere. Enki. Right. He is. I was just I wasn't sure if underworld was the word. Yeah, you know, and then when you look at one, like but, the word also Ia, what what words have Ia in it? It's like. Earth starts with mm-hmm. DA and then reach, reach ocean. Peach. Yeah. Like, and then, uh, so I think that Enki is all the gods. He is just a manifestation of all of them. Hmm. And that he is just wow. the different aspects of everything. Because you could say Prometheus is Enki. Because yeah. he's still fire from the gods. That's like a lucky oh, yeah. thing. You could say Inky is like Neptune because of the pitchfork association with the devil. So that means he was the ruler of Atlantis at one point before his son took over, which would have been Marduk. So all is one. All is one. In Zachariah Sitchin, it talks about how Inky split up Africa to and gave it to all of his sons, and Marduk was the king in Babylon. But then Enlil was the king in Babylon for a time, but then Marduk came and usurped him, and Marduk was the son of Enki. So you only have Enlil in Babylon for a short time, and then he's gone. And then it's just all fucking Enki everywhere. Yeah, you're right, because that, I mean, well, 
the eagle versus serpent, red versus blue, oh, like that, shit. that does exist like consistently though, mm-hmm. everywhere. So, I mean, I, I would say on some levels of the scale and variance. So when I looked into this stuff more thoroughly with like the tribe of Dan, the uh, tribe of oh, Dan yeah. flag is a serpent. It is an eagle and it is a horse. Right. So they're all they're all three in one. It's three right. in one. It's the fucking trinity. Um. Boys, I gotta go. You guys keep talking. You guys keep going. Yeah. Right. Great to meet you, man. You too, brother. Awesome. Hey, we're gonna have to do this some more. Let's do a group shit, man. Like more people and also Absolutely. Think, about, think about this podcast tour with some bands. So we could go around, you know what I'm saying? We just go around, we're doing live shows and shit like this, and then we have like fucking dope music play afterwards or something. Oh man. Yeah. Let's fucking let's fucking do it, baby. <laughs> Vaccine free. You can't have a vaccine. If you have a vaccine, you can't fucking come in. Also, I just got my tickets to the <laughs> free burn. We don't trust your health. I just got my tickets to free burn, which is the vax free uh, Burning Man this year. It's a free uh, five day festival in Nevada, uh, August 29th through September. Watch out for those technocrats trying to dope you up and take advantage of your body. I'm just going to give people hella stickers and be like, yo, check out our show and fucking. Maybe take like uh, some fucking mushrooms and, and lose it for a couple of days. <laughs> I don't. Maybe teleport due to the electromagnetic fields. You should like enjoy the concert completely dead ass sober, yes, whatever thank you, you, know, thank you thank completely, you, thank you. and or just get stoned, a little drunk or whatever, and then later after you've collected your goodies. Just like lock yourself in a closet and eat too much. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I love you. I love you so much. Hey. I wouldn't trust those technocratic Satanists. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, be careful with them. No, don't no, do it actually, around those folks. Oh goodness, goodness! <laughs> don't talk about my dog like that. That's that's my good boy. Is your dog's name Sam? Zucci Samiotti. <laughs> that's awesome. Is it really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's Zucci because it's short for, uh, for so your Zucchini. Dog does talk to you. Just watch out if he tries to tell you to kill anybody. Man. Yeah, I mean we're we're boys to the end, bro. I mean, I if he <laughs> if I if I need to hit somebody for it, you know what I mean. Of course, he's in Berkowitz has admitted that was all made up. It, it, well, I mean, <laughs> I go past to go down right another right. rabbit hole. <laughs> Peace. See ya. Later. Psychopaths will say anything though. That is a whole bendy, creepy rabbit hole to go in, like the inclusion of serial killers. We didn't, we don't have that on the agenda this time. We'll do that some other time. But yeah, um, yeah what, what what should we keep going on? Should we get more into music, or what do you, what do you feel well, like? This is, let's, this is whatever. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's stay with this inky thing a little bit because sure, I find it very fascinating that you could associate him with so many different aspects of these different gods it almost seems like it was fractalized a lot of people say that like god split himself up yep to experience consciousness and it almost seems like these all these different gods are these different experiences and we're supposed to be aware of them and be able to manifest ourselves out of this existence in a way i don't know really the witness sure. Like we've, I've always, you know, we are the witness or be the witness behind the experience, be the witness behind even the observer. It's, it's like, you know, you can go through layers. It's an onion and eventually it's like you get to the, you end up on the other side and you're like, well, wait a minute. Where was the, the little gold nugget or, or the, the thing where, and I've, I've mentioned this before, like, 
you can never can never get to the thing. It's like mm-hmm. magnet. It's like anti-magnetism or whatever you'd call that. Like magnetic force that pushes away. Like you can describe it forever and ever. And that to me is like the closest you can get to really seeing what's actually happening, how this all truly fits together. You know, you hear even in like Christianity in church, in Sunday school, like it's God's plan. And you know, we're all too small to understand it sometimes that kind of stuff. And the more psychedelics I took at the time, I always realized like all the, like subtly, all the things that were said in traditional religions seems to be true, just not in the way that anyone is perceiving it while indoctrinated into those religions. You know, but that's the point is like, if you just look at it from the surface, you're not going to perceive it at all. You have to right. be, you have to be initiated to be able to understand it, which is why For there's trauma, so many usually. of these secret societies yeah, usually a traumatic experience will awaken your your ego or kill it or um I'm maybe trauma is the wrong word. Um, yeah, uh, McKenna always said perturbing consciousness. It's so like, I mean, like that could be a car it. crash. Yeah, it could be a car crash, or it could be uh, you know a, a divorce or the loss of a child. You know, something, anything. <laughs> Yeah, it seems it could just it be seemed, that moment. It sends you deep into your consciousness, probably, and right. then that is how you are awakened because you have to traverse back through your deep conscious mind into back into the reality. And along the way, you have your hero's journey, and you find mm-hmm. out all these aspects of yourself, and so that you are able to uh, rise to your uh etherical self or whatever you want to call it you know let's let's keep with enki i'm trying to i have some things on the top of my mind now like questions that i've always had i want to run yeah yeah go for it man like this idea that have you i think it's in the the babylonian text that like the anunnaki were like they weren't physical like there was a description somewhere of them being kind of related to these shiny ones but i swear it was either in sumerian at least it was in mesopotamian i i i'm not sure though do you sumer means sumer means land of the shiny shiny ones yeah but it's the same as like shimmer like shimmery schumer you know that's how you would say it in that time schumer not not Sumer, like or summer right. even. You could say summer. What's summer? Right? Hot sun. It's the shiny time, shiny. right? It's the shiny. Jeez. Right. Yeah. Right. Which so it has yeah, to do with the shiny aspect. And I was talking to okay. somebody the other day who described like uh uh Sumerians as being a- like looking like aliens or lizard people, right? And if you look at the Anunnaki, there's actually three forms. There's a human form with a long beard with wings. Then there's also uh, a serpent form, and there's also a bird form with wings. Yes. So I I think that the bird form and the serpent form are manifestations. There's the serpent and the eagle, again, is right there in that. And I, I, I have some pictures that I've posted before, and when you look at, like, Indian... Uh, tribal patterns they look like 
snake patterns, and then they also have the bird, the eagle, the serpent, and the serpent. Right. Quetzalcoatl, the 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 mm-hmm. pyramids. They have the serpent. I mean, there's there's all of this serpent and eagle stuff everywhere. The Mexican flag, From continent is the eagle to co- yes, holding yes. the serpent. So exactly you, dominating as, the as serpent. As much as you see it apart, it is still part of the same thing. Right. Yeah. It's 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 that fractal that, nature again. And that so when you get into box saga, if you want to separate them mm-hmm. into different different things, you could say that the serpent is the old pagan style and that the eagle is the new Catholic style. Hmm. Interesting. And that's why Rome has the double eagle. And you see a lot of the eagle mythology in Rome. You know, we know Rome owns America and oh, owns yeah. England and the Bank of uh, London and, uh, you know, all, all of that stuff. All of that nasty stuff. Committee yeah, of 300. So you could, you see, yeah, you see this eagle and serpent thing reoccurring everywhere. So even in the Native American stuff, in the Mayan stuff, you still see an eagle and a serpent. Mm-hmm. It's it permeates everywhere. everything. Yeah. And so when people talk about this great spiritual battle that is being held, well, what is the spiritual battle? We already talked about it. It's, it's n- nature versus synthetic. It's Christianity versus pagan. That's what hmm. it is. It's the natural belief system of the pagans, the witchcraft, the alchemy and everything else that is being demonized so that materialism can be free. Right. The Demiurge can continue its illusory rise to fame in, in reality, because that's kind of what it is. It's us allowing the Demiurge, allowing the illusion to be the reality. We're taking the symbol, we're worshiping the symbol instead of what the symbol means. Yes. In a way. And, and uh, so in the box saga, this is what the box saga says. I'm going to give like a quick little breakdown. Hell yeah. So a hundred million years ago, there was paradise time. The world was in balance. balance. It was straight up and down, perpendicular. The sun is at the equator line and it shines on the whole earth. There are no seasons because it's always shining right in the middle. There's no tilt. The tilt, when the tilt happens... That's what gives us the seasons because the part that's farther away from uh, that's tilted back away from the sun now is not it's not shining on there. It's dark until it becomes light again. So you had constant uh, light, basically. I mean, probably one half of the planet was dark when when it spun. I mean, we could get into the, all that shit some other time. But so basically, a hundred million years ago, there was paradise. Everybody was. Uh, a tropical race. Everybody was black or brown. There was no white people. After the paradise time, there was a Ragnarok. The first Ragnarok happened. The earth had a tilt. So we talked about that with it maybe possibly being the moon coming into position gave the first Ragnarok. We don't know. It's no moon. It's a space station. (laughs) We don't. I I mean, that's speculative. And then, yeah. so that caused, uh, the tilt caused Atlantis to happen. 
which in Boxhager they say means all land ice. That's so unbelievable. All the land is ice. And when that happened, an ice sheet came off. Uh, no, I might be getting that wrong. Basically, all land is ice. They got trapped in the north, the Acer people. And they used to be at the top of the of the planet in the Arctic, the three rings, the three ring circus, right? The, a circus is circa, which is a circle, right? So <laughs> yeah. the three rings, the th- Lord of the Rings, the three rings to rule them all, the Arctic, yeah, it is. the Arctic Circle, the the ring. They also called them the Ringlands. Uh, they had an offer ring system. Uh, um, so when you so when you start to look at that in Atlantis and Atlantis, this, they say it's in the north, and that these giant walls of ice encircled them, and they couldn't get out. They were trapped. During that time, because they were trapped, they were able to innovate technologies because there was no war they weren't fighting with anybody they were all trapped in the ice together they had to learn how to survive and eat food because they're trapped in a super cold inhospitable climate this atlantis period last lasted for 50 million years so during this whole time they were innovating technology to be able to live you know i mean they talk about these ancient seed grains that they find that they're like how did they have these grains these are like manufactured in a way you know right how, where did they where did they come from did they come from noah's ark or whatever well they they had to manufacture these seed grains and and create them so they they could grow food in this inhospitable climate so while they're trapped in the ice for 50 million years they lose their pigmentation in their skin they lose their melanin they become white-skinned and blue-eyed, just like all the Arctic animals, all the, the polar bear, the mm-hmm. Arctic wolf, the Arctic owl. They're all white, white-furred or blue-eyed, right? So they, they have this mutation or evolution, however you want to look at it, doesn't matter. But that's what, that's what it's describing is how people became white or shiny. So when these oh white people- Oh my God! <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. So all the rest of the earth is <laughs> tropical, right? So during the last cataclysm, the 10,500 BC cataclysm, it talks yes. about that in there also. When that happened, the ice cracked and they were able to get out of the ice. Now there's a place in uh, Finland called Helsinki, right? But it didn't used to be called Helsinki. It used to be called Hell. Oh, my. And these people were from Hell. They were the devil. They were they were the devil line. They were the goat. The goat has to do with also Bach, the Bach goat. Uh, they, they have these uh, uh, Bach goats. And they said that at this certain period of time, they could not. Uh, there's this one time occurrence when this human, this not human, this ape like creature had to mate with a goat in order to keep, uh, like life going basically because they were dying off. It was like a one time occurrence where they had to mate with a goat. 
So I don't know if you've heard about the gene stuff and like pigs, pigs and humans, the homunculus and the pig hybrid thing. Have you ever heard that? A little bit. Like I have not looked into much past the surface of any of the animal stuff that's going on. So they, so they talk about how like our skin is a lot like a pig. That's why tattoo artists tattoo on it. Oh. Uh, the pig is an unclean animal because it also has to do with, you know, it could be if it's human, if it's part human. I mean, if humans came from that, then that would be like, why would you eat a pig? That's, you should not eat that because we came from that pig. We are called the long pig too. <laughs> I can't remember and, in what tradition or what area of the world, but at some point, like so, it's referred to as the long pig. So interestingly enough, a pig and a goat are in the same like species class called like uh aerodactyl or something like that class. Mm-hmm. It's the hoof footed yeah. uh creature. So that's why you see in like the Satanist stuff the the worship of this goat god, the Baphomet, right? It's not because they're worshiping this goat god. This goat god is actually saying, like, as above, so below, right? That's what he's saying. It's the goat with the boobs. The goat with the boobs. Yeah. He's he's actually androgynous. He has, you know, it's it's a symbolism of unity and yes. of uh balance because mm-hmm. you know it's it's the yin and the yang together and they're in harmony. Harmony yeah. is harmony. So it's not evil like some people would perceive. And that's where we get into the metal images, right? In metal, it's you see all these goat images and this like oh anger and baphomet. Pen- and pentagrams and stuff. The pentagram, yeah. yeah. But but that's just sacred geometry, pentagrams. Absolutely. Seven seven pointed stars, six pointed stars, you know, ten point you know, that gets into some tree of life stuff. And you could get into the tree of life with the Yggdrasil and Odin hanging himself from the Yggdrasil to get oh, the yes. stones. It's definitely the same symbolism. It's so it, beautiful. It's, yeah, so the, the the world tree is there. So you have the roots and the, they call this the root language, the root uh so the language comes from these people. And if you look at like the the language wheel, everything comes from one place and seemingly in the north. And uh, even Sanskrit comes out of like these northern languages and Finnish and everything. So they have these three sons after the Atlantis time. There's these three sons, and they they want to set out on their own. One of them's name is Dan. One of them one of them's name is Zvin, and the other one's name I can't. I can't recall. I think it's like Rosette, Rosette, and that one goes to Russia, Russia. That's the Rosette line. It goes into Russia. Dan goes into like Denmark. He goes down the Danube River into the Black Sea. Uh, there's all the rivers out of the Black Sea are named after Dan. There's the Don, the Dinister, the Dnieper, and the Danube, all from wow. the Black Sea. And these <laughs> these four rivers connect like Russia and almost most of Europe into the Black Sea area. And when you talk, when you talk about the Black Sea, they always talk about like, you know, all these uh, uh, long heads they find there or these giant bones. Uh, you could go to Sardinia, Sardan. Yeah. 
Wow. And uh, they find the giant bones there. Then, then they find the elongated head skulls in, around the Black Sea area. And then you got Gobleki Tepe right there at Turkey. And, and they came down from there. So the fall, the fallen ones, the fallen angels would be the ones that came down after the tilt. They fell. That was one fall. And then the second fall was them mating with uh, the native people of the lands, which was not in harmony with nature. You weren't supposed to do that because it was cross hybridization. So that was the fall. That was that's Genesis six right there. That's when uh, the sons of God came down from the heavens and they mated with the women of earth. That's not saying that they came down from another planet or from the sky. It's saying they came down from the north fucking pole. Yes. And the reason why they describe them as the shiny ones is because everybody else is brown skinned or right. dark skinned. <laughs> And you wow. get these fucking white people out of nowhere that you've never <laughs> seen before after this apocalypse. And you're like, holy shit, where are these fucking shiny ass people they're coming aliens. from? aliens. Yeah, they're aliens. They're glowing. They're day glows. Oh, my God. And, and day, glow, day glow is like another, like, it's a derogatory term for white person, right? Yes. Yes. So then you could wow, get into man. angel and decipher angel. And when you look at the word angel, the etymology is a circle or uh, an angle. Then you can say like, so if angel or angle and angel are circle, then archangel would be arc circle. And if arc is short for Arctic, it's an Arctic angel. Hmm. <laughs> and Noah's arc would be... Uh, the people from the ark that reseeded life again. So then you have this Atlantis story and these people that came from Atlantis and you have uh, actually like Neptune doesn't get along with his son Atlas or I might be, you know, I might be crossing the two different names. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with, you could say Poseidon or Neptune. They're the same, but he doesn't get Mm -hmm. along with Atlas after this happens and he moves out and he goes to uh, Sumer and he, he kind of establishes civilization in Ur and that's where you get these Anunnaki gods from there. Um, So they probably moved into Turkey and then they moved down, but these ones, they were mating with the human women and they weren't supposed to be doing that. This, this was against nature. So they were the fallen ones. This was the next fall, the second fall. And then you have Mount Hermon and you have Mount Ararat, which are right there at the Caucasus Mountains. And they're they're virtually coming from the same same place. Caucasus. So these these that's where the word Caucasian even comes from. Mm-hmm. So they end up sailing down to there. And they and then they come out from there and they kind of spread out and they go all these uh you know different directions and in a way, they kind of go and reseed civilization. They try to bring it back to what it was. They're trying to recreate this uh, uh, paradise time, which is like what they talk about the controllers doing too, right? They're trying to recreate this paradise time, or even they're trying to manufacture a fake apocalypse right now. Like, yeah, I've asked a couple people recently, like, what do you think about uh, astrology? Like. It says we're coming into a new age, but we can easily tell if we're coming into a new age because wherever the sun is rising, 
that's the zodiacal sign that we're in. One person told me we have 700 years left in Pisces, which would mean there is no uh, coming of age. There is no age of Aquarius coming. Right. And that right. would fit into what uh, Flamenco, Flamenco was saying also, right, with the missing mm-hmm. thousand years of history. So right. there's that path. Then I asked somebody else, and he said we have 72 years left of Pisces. So, again, we're back to square one. I don't know who to believe. I don't know who to trust. I don't know who has the right answers and who doesn't. But there's got to be somebody that actually knows what sign the sun is rising in and how much time we have left. I I can't. The the picture you're painting here is is bringing to my mind this, like, they're mingling among us. And they're, like, decrepit at this point or for some reason. They're not as powerful as they used to be or something. And, they like, maybe some of them are naturally just, like, wanted to take advantage of us or something. I don't. Well, it's always Satan. Satan, like, uh, Prometheus steals fire from the gods and gives it to the humans, right? He's giving humans this technology. And the other gods are not cool with uh, Lucifer, Satan whatever you want to call him, Enki, they're not cool with him giving humans this technology. They want right. humans to remain stupid, basically, and just be workers. Right. We're trying to rebuild civilization here. Quit giving technology. Well, this guy's like, well, they need the technology to help them build it faster. The other guy's like, no, we don't want them to even know about it. Just do the fucking work. Right. So that- we have all these different, like, factions just like just like humans do and so just say that they're like a lot of them are mingling and running and running our government or seek you know some of that stuff yeah and they can just retreat back to their technology that they developed before any of this before they descended down to be the saviors after the flood they mm-hmm. can just retreat back to these Arctic places or Antarctic places, perhaps. And that's and why the bloodlines, the English bloodlines connect into Caucasian people, right? They're, mm. they're, the queen of England is white. She's not, she's a, she's a, <laughs> a for lack of a better word, she's the bloodsucker, right? She's the vampire. She's mm. the succubus in a way. She's the soul eater, you know, all those things that people say. You know, I don't necessarily a hundred percent agree with any of that, but that's that's what the conclusions usually are: is that you know the royal family is the ones that are controlling everything. Which, unfortunately, it's like it does seem to lead right to them all the time. But at the same time, why is that so easy to figure out? Why is that so convenient? I mean, I don't know. I go back yeah, and forth between. I try. Uh, yeah. I've been going down, uh, trying to go down a path of thinking that this is all for our benefit in some way, some level of the scale that we don't understand. Like even all the conspiracy theories. Yeah. The conspiracy theories that are true that like this whole revelation of the method thing, we didn't really get into that much, but we don't, I mean, it's a pretty simple idea. I mean, if you're familiar with it, it's, it's, it's just like explosion. needing needing the trauma, right, to get into these altered states. It's they are serving right. as that traumatic thing. Yeah, isn't to that push wild? Push us into these other states of being. 
So that's why I give credence at least a little bit to these really, like some people consider it way too far out there because maybe it's addressed in an extreme way. The everything is fake idea where this, they're all actors or they're all CGI or they're all this or they're all that. Like I hear that kind of level of conspiracy theory and I've, I can validate where they're, I think people are personalizing a general truth. You know what I mean? Where I think, sure, it's all fake. Say it like that, but you can't take consciousness out of it. This isn't some like, not to jump all over the place, but to drive the point home. It's like this idea of simulation theory that is so surrounded by, as soon as you hear simulation theory, you're picturing the matrix. You're picturing super sci-fi computers and a futuristic race creating a a video game that we're all a part of you got to throw that away because that's either either fed to us on purpose probably but at the same time it's just the times that we're living in what we're surrounded by constantly and what's in our conscious mind that is our human very human interpretation of what simulation theory could be taken as in the right direction if this mimicry wasn't in front of it because simulation theory is all about consciousness. We can't take consciousness out of this equation. Like consciousness well, con- is yeah. like behind it all. And, consciousness you know, it's, always has to be in the equation because otherwise what, what is this? What are we doing? Right. What, how well, it's also we the having, root. Having it's also this. the root. So what I'm yeah. saying is like wh- whatever source is, it does seem to be like, I mean, I'm going off on a crazy tear here, but like, you know, you ever seen the movie dogma? And at the end, um, it's with, it's like a Kevin Smith movie with Jay oh, yeah, and Silent yeah, yeah. Bob. Yeah, yeah. It's lighthearted, goofy, you know, fart humor. But like at the end where the main character gets to ask God, who's Alanis Morissette, uh, <laughs> why are we here? And she just like grabs her by the nose and goes, <laughs> and that's, and smiles. And that's it. Because like, it's just, it's unknowable. It's completely unknowable, but there's always this creator on the source side that has that little wink, you know, it's like, it feels like there's something there, but I don't know. I'm going all so, over the place. So I, we could also go into the fact of with nature versus synthetic is the, the woman is a symbolization of nature, right? Gaia, the right. earth, mother earth, father mm-hmm. is time, the controller Father's of the time. time. Yes. The time aspect. So what what you have is when you get to church, you get this destruction of the feminine. They block the feminine out. So we no longer get the nature anymore and we get the masculine energy. And that's what this materialism is. That's what this technocratic bullshit is. It's it's the the uh how you say the masculine projection right because we have done away with the female for so long and and put her on the back burner so in order for us to regain our earthly consciousness and get back in tune to nature we need to bring the woman back forward in a respectable role and that can kind of get into like this whole you know transhumanist thing with the homosexuality and the blah 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 and and creating these guys that are like 
sissy boys now and these more mm. masculine females <laughs> yeah, is that, driving you know, it towards that end regardless yeah. of they're forcing it though rather than letting it happen naturally again right and, and i don't want to get into that too much because that's no, kind of political and shit but but what i'm saying is is they're trying to like pussify men very badly right. into like or we're sorry we're sorry we're sorry all the time for everything and and they're trying to get rid of this masculine image, but they're also not really trying to bring up the feminine image that much more either. They're, well, they're yeah, creating them in a masculine way instead of the feminine way, and so now you get like this mixture, and it's it's not quite right. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. feminine energy is supposed to remain feminine and nurturing. That's what the role is. And you can talk about roles, and we're not in the 1950s anymore. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> in nature, there's the an innate thing is to be yeah. nurturing. Yeah, that's that's. It's not offensive. And we're attention. not putting any women in their place no. by saying that. No, I'm saying women should rise the it's, fuck up. Oh we, hell we, yeah, beauty to we, absolutely we, the sacred we feminine, need a thousand percent. We need them to save us. Yeah. I mean, and so this is where I was going to go real quick. What made me, and I don't like to get political too much either. I I like to, because that's surface level, you know, everyone's focused on that and that's the whole point, you know, but just think of it like what an easy mimicry, what an easy psyop to have this corrupt vice president probably eventually become our president using this truth as an excuse and a good reason. And they will perpetuate, they will bring back the sacred feminine and they will pervert it with bad people. Just like they have, they pervert everything. So it's, it's weird how, you know, political, sure. It is surface level. Like I said, and and we look, I like to look deeper, but it sucks that that's, what's kind of turning the tides right now more than anything. We have more people invested in politics in this world than I think we ever have. Or maybe that's just the influence of the internet and more of us able to see how many people have always been interested in it. I don't know. In some respect, it's it's great that people are actually paying attention to the rights that they're losing finally uh, Mm -hmm. because they haven't been paying attention to it for a long time. Yeah. But back to like the whole feminine thing a little bit more the yeah you know that the day friday is actually named after freya oh the viking and it's, goddess yeah well monday's the moon tuesday is tear wednesday is odin's day thursday is thor's day friday is freya day saturn is saturday and mm. sunday is the sun yeah friday is the feminine energy it's the divine female so the whole Templar thing on killing the Templars on Friday, the 13th, the 13 is also a symbolism of uh, the feminine. It's the divine feminine. Uh, in the alphabet, the 13th letter is the letter M. And then in every language, mother starts with the letter M. It has a thir- There's 13 cycles of the moon, and that plays an effect on women's uh, uh, balance and their, uh, you know, uh, procreation pattern. Yeah. So by killing uh, Jacques de Molay from the Nice Templar on Friday the 13th, they're basically saying this is a bad day. No longer celebrate Friday the 13th, which would be the divine, divine feminine, because it's it's a female aspect doubled, right? Right. It's, it's the twin energy. They're saying 
forget about it. Don't celebrate it anymore. We're killing, we're, de we're destroying it. And then you get into the secret societies. It's all men. No, no females are allowed. You get into the church. There's only male popes, no female popes. The, and all these things, you look at the Middle East, they have to wear full on, you know, headdresses and hide their face, hide their whole body. They're not allowed to even uh, portray themselves as anything. Mm. They're just, they're just there, basically. Mm. They're just there for procreation and that's it. And, and that's what we need to start getting away from that shit. Women need to start revolting everywhere and come up oh. and say bullshit we are part of this society and and bring back that feminine energy because that's the only way we're gonna get this everything back because when you look at the ancient cultures all these pagan bad ones all these evil pagans yeah they actually yeah. held the female in high regard absolutely she was often the queen of the land they didn't mm -hmm. they didn't degrade her they, they she was the mother she was the motherland you know the, the, she it's the, the growth it's everything comes from the the growth of the female just like yes. an egg the egg you know the galactic egg the cosmic egg is like uh, i i kind of think of it as in uh, as above so below kind of uh symbology is all these planets are just eggs waiting for hmm fertilization you know the panspermia aspect or directed panspermia and when the egg gets fertilized it creates life but wow. it has it has to be available to get life you know sometimes eggs are dead or infertile like mars would be infertile but earth was ripe and ready to be fertilized at a certain point in time and it became fertilized and that's what the cosmic egg is and that mm -hmm. bloodline is the serpent wrapped around that egg? Yeah. Wow. So. That was that was beautifully put. <laughs> Jesus, that was wrapped up in a nice little bow. <laughs> you know, it it made me uh, like the idea of mother and the word mother, and how it starts with like usually with M in pretty much all languages and everyone. Um, they M the the. The ma is like the easiest thing for the baby to say. It's interesting. It's like the babies give us our language. And I brought up before how some yeah. of these older God names that turn into like, say, Peter was, what, what did we say that God was? Pata? Or Pata, something? yeah. It sounds Jupiter. like the way babies can't say things properly. Like little kids can't Pata, say things properly. Yeah. How weird is that? I mean, I'm not going anywhere with that, but. They probably couldn't speak at that time. They didn't know what language was. That's like right. the whole Tower Tower of Babylon thing, right? right there was right. one language, and then it all got scrambled because they could finally learn. They finally understood what reading and writing was because before that they didn't have a clue. They probably used sign language or or symbol symbols. We've been talking about the fractal nature and the the holographic stuff, and like when you think about Pata that becomes Peter. And you can rake in the, the you know, the ever, uh, the, the ever unfolding uh, lotus flower from the Eastern yeah. traditions too. It's, it's because there's more definition in the name Peter than there is in Pata. 
There's more to it. The the concept has unfolded more, even on a linguistic scale. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like developed. And it's that and as we grow, when you see someone that you haven't seen in 20 years, you're like, whoa, okay, but yeah, whoa, weird. That's how he unfolded. That's how his features, uh, that's how his story was f- like facially told. Yeah, and you even, see that echoed everywhere in nature. Even in the Egyptian story, Osiris is uh, is cut into a bunch of different pieces by the right. brother set and spread out over the whole land, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's, all these different fragments of Osiris. The same thing. And back to the idea that Anki is yeah. all of these gods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I gotta, I gotta hit the hay, but yeah, this, this was an right there awesome, great conversation. I love this. This was well needed this week too. This is awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm glad we, I'm glad we had it. You know, like I, I love, I love getting into this with people. This is probably one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast. In the yeah, first I, I had all this information in my head. It was just rattling around in there, and I, I felt like my brain was just going to explode sometimes. So, yeah. like, I, I, I was like, man, I, maybe I just need to start a podcast so I, I have a medium to, for one, to talk to other people about this that are also interested and know what the fuck I'm talking about, and then two, just to get it out of my fucking head, so yeah. so I can have other thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree, man. It, it's oh, it's such a trip. Like I find a lot of synchronicity around podcasters meeting each other too, you know what I mean? And like yeah, yeah. and similar similar to that. Like I feel the same way about that. Like I I uh we're the all awesome I, I, prototype. I needed to have it, I needed to have it recorded and I, what I needed to have recorded and my, I will admit that like my original goal, it's obviously developed into just this awesome community that I'm a part of and I love it. But in the beginning it was, how do I try desperately to reach people in my life that won't hear me ramble or they'll hear me and they'll ignore it or they'll roll their eyes or they'll, you know, whatever. How do I reach those people? And usually I've always noticed it's when someone that's not interested in something, here's two other people that are interested in it. Um, are you hearing a phone? I'm hearing a phone. <laughs> I am now. That's weird. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> oh, it's probably it's, Romans. Ah, Roman, the ghost of Roman. <laughs> yeah, it's probably. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, it's probably. Uh, I can maybe mute him over here. I think. Yeah. Uh, boom. Okay. Um. Shit. Where so, was uh, I? Tell oh the yeah. Who you are and where they can well, find you? Oh, you got one more thing going. Let's go. Well, yeah. What the? I don't even remember where I was. So yeah, we'll we'll let that trail off until <laughs> until next so the, time. The prototype of uh, other podcasters, you know, having sort of the same influences oh well people, yeah two people talk to each other and somebody else hears that conversation it's, they go wait a minute like yeah it, it, it's not just some person rambling it's like one person saying one thing that sounds crazy but then another person corroborating it from a completely different angle and just yes. sometimes someone goes whoa hey wait a minute and their ears perk up you know yeah I, that's kind of what i've always been hoping for with this podcast and I don't know. Sometimes we go off into oblivion and I kind of 
I'm glad that we can have conversations that are like level eight and nine that like, we're going to entertain six people that go, yeah, I know what you're talking about, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's everybody else is going to be like, what the fuck are these guys on? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, just find me at the Deep Share on all the uh, controlled opposition websites. Uh, the Deep Share or the Deep Share Podcast. Uh, reach me at the Deep Share Podcast at gmail.com. That's about it. Yeah. How about you? You got to tell my audience too. Yeah, uh, we are Rising from the Ashes Podcast and we are on uh, like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google, and Amazon. Uh, you can find our link tree on our Instagram and we'll, we'll put it up on this episode too. If you want to donate to the podcast or go check out other links or, uh, whatever else. Also shout out to alt media United, Mark, Woo! uh, you're the, you're the glue of the foundation that's holding all this together, man. And we appreciate you. And, uh, Damn right. thanks Mark. Yeah, you're you're the one that's facilitating all of our our uh, passions and our dreams to uh, get to that next level. So, thank you, sir, and uh, everybody. Go check out Alt Media United too for other podcasts, just like the two that you heard here. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of good stuff on there. A lot of familiar names and maybe faces if you've seen them before. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, go check that out and. Uh, and you know, uh, wake up, motherfuckers. <laughs> dig deep, right? Yeah, dig All deep. All right, man. Well, it was awesome meeting you, dude. And we'll have to do this again soon and just go even further out into yeah, the wild. I'd lands. love to, man. I'd, I'd love to get in on some of those group conversations also and, yes, and, and talk about some things. I, I really like to get into the hermetic stuff and mm, uh, me too. like some of that other stuff that I, I'm not so. Uh, well at understanding to see if I can put more of this, these puzzle pieces together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Cause I have some of them, but some of them are still missing for me. And, and so I'd still kind of like to figure out more about some of these other civilizations and other belief systems. I, like I know a little bit about the hermeticism and stuff like that, but I want to yeah. like really, really know, you know? And so, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm on the same page, dude. I love all that stuff. And I, I'm always shit. I mean, I have Freemasonry in, in my family, like from my grandfather. And like, I was always curious about it. But Lord knows I'm not going to join. But it, yeah. just to get to, to touch this information where it's given, you know, it's <laughs> it, it's another one of those mystery school things where even if you're initiated, you're not really initiated until you get to the Long higher time. degrees. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so even the people that join it just think it's like a fun men's yeah. club. They don't really know anything deeper about it. it until they they get up there. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's you you can start to see that in all of these different circles and their yeah. circles, too. And that goes back to the rings and. Everything else, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. and the groups, the secret groups go back to the middleman, the mimicry. Just get it out of there. Get it. Yeah. You can do it yourself, right? We can achieve it ourselves. So, yeah. all right, everybody, have a great night. Take yeah. it easy. Thank you. Goodbye. See you, man. Adios.